Belverde. Hey, uh, my name's Riley and uh, I'm one of your fans. some fantasy football goo on your dome. The knowledge is going to be running high and this episode is called Flying High in Week 5. As usual, to my left, I've got Houdini. Across the way from me, i got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com and on a weekly basis, we give you guys the Pyro Podcast. We've been doing it for five years, maybe six now. We've been recording for over 650 hours. And for those of you that have been with us for a while, we appreciate your patronage. For those of you that are just coming across us, welcome to the party, pal. What's going on, guys? Well, to uh, all my Jewish uh, members of the tribe out there, Happy New Year. Lashana Tova to you. Well done. Amen. Happy New Year to all. <laughs> All of you, we're not. I'm not a member of the tribe, but I'm an honorary member. And, All my uh, best friends are Jewish. And, and, a, and a, a very sad goodbye to the silky smooth voice of Vin Scully calling baseball. Called his uh, final game uh, this last week, and uh, gonna miss uh, hearing that kind of. You know, you think about it. We are a show of three people, and there are all these other broadcasts that are either two or three people. He has been doing it solo, and he was doing it for 67 years. In fact, didn't he live with his mom when, or his parents in general when he first started doing broadcasts back in the day? I, I don't know. I don't know that story. Very it's, possible. It's true. I don't know. <laughs> he, he had to have. I mean, geez, he does not look that old. One thing that was crazy, it just shows you how the contracts uh, over the years have changed for these broadcasters, uh, is the fact that is the fact that the guy is only his net worth is only six million dollars. He's been doing that for 67 years, six million, but just shows you like in the 50s, in the 40s and all that sort of stuff, or I don't know if you went back that far, but I guess it's close. Uh, He's probably only making like 20 grand a year. Well, I know they they didn't get paid a lot of money because if you go back to like uh, Harry Carey, he had like incentives. If more fans came, he got paid more. So, you know. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Hopefully one day we can live long long enough to do my dad didn't even live past 62 years old and this guy's been on the broadcast for 67 years so hopefully we'll be here with you guys for uh, years to come giving you guys the fantasy knowledge you guys uh, strive for let's get into week five Um, essentially if you don't already know we start on 
Uh, we go to NFL.com, the schedule, then we go to regular season, then you hit week five. It's weird. Their website doesn't take you automatically to the newest week. It does. It does, it does, it does, it does depend on when you hit it. Yeah. So if you hit it on like Monday, it'll take you back to last week. I think Tuesday might also take you back. Yeah. But if you're listening on Wednesday, it'll take you to week five, I believe. Fair enough. Any bye weeks this week? Uh, a couple. We've got uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, New Orleans Saints and Seattle Seahawks. So there's a lot of fantasy players potentially missing from your lineup, especially those high-flying Saints, those Jaguars, those Saints, and those Seahawks. These are all pretty high-flying teams. The Chiefs are the only one that's maybe the uh, mediocre cast of the crew. Yeah, they're the outlier, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, but the first game we're going to have a Thursday night matchup, and it's the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Levi's Stadium in San Francisco or the Bay Area. I'm not going to generalize that too much. But we've got, you know, an interesting matchup because it's all going to depend on the health of Carson Palmer. Well, I think no matter what, this is going to be the David Johnson experience. You know, you look at what's happened for San Francisco – uh, last week, Ezekiel Elliott just destroyed them. Uh, before that, it was Christine Michael. So they've not gotten better as the season's gone on. They've actually gotten worse. They are the worst team uh, at holding opponents on the ground, giving up over 140 yards per game. So this is going to be one of those ones where just, it, you lean on Johnson. In addition to that, they also lost probably their best defensive player, Navarro Bowman, for the season with a ruptured Achilles. And after he left the game, there was a noticeable difference in the run game. Ezekiel Elliott's longs were like 6, 8, 9 before he left the game. And then suddenly he's out of the game and it's 18, 21, 24. He was able to gash them. And you definitely think David Johnson is going to be able to do the same thing on Thursday night. Absolutely. You bring up a good point, though, because what Bowman did bring, they only have given up, you know, it's still a lot, four runs of over 20 yards and one over 40 yards on the year so far. So with him there, what they've been doing, though, that it's been a war of attrition. You watch their games, it's like, geez, it, five yards, seven yards, eight yards, and it's moving down the field, moving down the field. So now maybe you get a couple more big splash plays thrown in there because of Bowman's uh, not ability, whoever, who, who is going to be replacing him anyway? Some know. guy who said on, online he was going to be the starter and nobody else agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll let you know that one a little bit later in the week. <laughs> I like that. Let's be honest. John Brown finally comes out and has his targets, has his big game. We know it happens about three, four times, maybe four times a year. Great news for John Brown uh, shareholders. But let's let's just call call a spade a spade. There's something problematic going on there. He's got, Carson Palmer obviously is in concussion protocol. He was getting sacked like crazy even before that. Nothing. The, the offense, the way it just came together in that magical season, besides the playoffs last year, just is not there this year. And now you got Drew Stanton coming in. Probably. I mean, Arians is basically saying. Carson's going to have a hard time getting there because it's a Thursday night game. I can just see them just holding this one out. Um, Drew Stanton, now all of a sudden, that dynamic, this is a team that started, they, they've lost their last three games. They went 1-0, and now they're 1-3. and Isn't that hard to believe that the two powerhouses from the NFC last year, Panthers and the Cardinals, are both 1-3 and with both of their quarterbacks in concussion protocol? I mean, it's definitely interesting, but remember a couple years ago, Bruce Arians came out and said, I think Drew Stanton can be a starter in the NFL. We haven't really seen that to be true. Larry Fitzgerald's numbers are something like 4 for 40 with standing in there at quarterback. That's not good for Larry Fitzgerald. We want to look for other options there. John Brown finally played that full complement of snaps. I think he played 91% 
for the snaps, so that's pretty good for John Brown, who also saw 16 targets, and that was pretty much over double what Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald saw. Uh, and then Michael Floyd, you know, had sort of a lackluster game, but scored that touchdown. That's sort of what you maybe expect from Floyd. He's hit or miss. Uh, he hasn't really had a breakout 100-yard game yet after that string to end last season. And then these tight ends aren't fantasy relevant. So I agree with Houdini here. That's going to be the David Johnson so. And it's going to be probably the most exciting thing on television because that guy has been making plays so far this season. And he's just an exciting football player to watch, whether it's on the ground or through the air. Well, isn't he the first player um, in NFL history to have over 100 yards from scrimmage in his first four games of a season? I don't know if that's true. I Maybe. saw that. I saw That'd that. Be, I, I gotta believe that's happened sometime in the league. No, but to there start to, to start the season, not I, four games in a, in a row. I, I know, but you don't think there's been a guy who's just rushed for a hundred yards for four straight weeks back in the day? Like that seems preposterous to me. <laughs> I, 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 think I, I was watching the game and they and they threw that's that insane. stat out there. If that's true, that's, that's insane. insane. That's insane. But he is the first player in NFL history to have 300 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards through the first four games of the season. Well, are the let's move over to the other side of the ball if we can. Uh, are you worried about the 49ers starting out strong? Is this a case of what happened to with them last year? Uh, they had a beautiful outing against the Rams in uh, that first week, and now they're kind of coming down to earth. The Chip Kelly offense isn't kind of all that it's uh, been popped up to be. Now you're already hearing that Gabbert might be coming back into the fray. I mean, uh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick, now that Gabbert's kind of falling off. What are your thoughts at the quarterback position? Uh, what are your thoughts in this game? I, I don't really have much thoughts about the quarterback position, no matter who's at the quarterback. You know, this is the classic same problem that, that Chip Kelly had uh, when he was in, in Philadelphia. When he wants to run the type of offense that he wants to run, but he has no defense. Uh, and the problem is that your defense is not getting any rest. Then you're running your fast offense and it's not being effective, which against this Cardinal defense is going to have a hard time being effective. So I, I just, it, it's a disaster waiting to happen for this week. So, so what I'm a little bit confused by is they're running like plays every 23 seconds, but they're actually not running a lot of plays during a game because they're getting a lot of three and outs. And that's just sort of piling up on their defense. You know, they're out and you know, like a minute off the play uh, game clock, and they're back out on the field, and the defense is just, you know, gas. And especially against when they're getting five yards, five yards, five yards by these running backs, it's a scary thing to think of. But um, moving on to the other side of the ball, you know, what do you, what do you really want? You want Jeremy Curley, who had a top 12 week last week, playing out of the slot? Maybe. But now Tyron Matthews is going to move back to the slot, sort of with their injuries. And he's going to be, with Tyvon Branch now injured, not injured reserve, it's going to be Tyron Matthews back in the slot. And that's, that can only mean good things. He's one of the best slot corners, you know, in the NFL. Uh, Frank, uh, not Frank Gore, Carlos Hyde has been the real mainstay of this offense. And this could be a game where they're going to just give him the ball as much as possible because they have to. He's their real only offensive playmaker. I mean, Vance McDonald's probably going to be questionable here again. Uh, he sat out last week. Garrett Selleck in his stead made some plays. But, you know, Torrey Smith, you can't trust him, especially going up against Patrick Peterson. You can't, you can't trust these guys. It's also because when you're talking about the limited amount of plays that they run, they have the second worst time of possession in the NFL. They only have the ball 25 minutes and 58 seconds per game. 
Wow. You're not going to run a lot of plays in that period of time. And they're all, as I said, they're below average in terms of plays run per game, which is insane when you think about a Chip Kelly team. I agree. All right, let's move to uh, the first game on Sunday. There isn't a, a London game uh, in this one, so we're happy about that because I missed the first couple. Uh, I've missed the first quarter because I had to sleep in, and nothing really happened all that much from my side because I'm a luck owner. But well, but you got you got if you're a luck owner, like has, I would, yeah. you got it late. Yeah, that's what always happens. We'll get to him when we get to him. <laughs> but that's that's what he seems to do. He doesn't play until the fourth quarter. Let's go on to bum bum bum. Deflategate is officially put to bed. Tom Brady is back. And everyone's got him at least ranked first or second in the industry. Maybe a couple stragglers have him third. But an angry Tom Brady coming back. How can you ever be mad when you're banging Gazelle all the time and you live in that house and you got that, that life he's got? But I'll live with it. Chip on his shoulder. Hopefully this guy comes a raging. I, 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 we're ready. I'm ready to see it. What do you got, Stag Party? I'd be fairly mad if photographers were out there, you know, Snapping pics of me tanning naked. I'd be a little mad from here, <laughs> here and there. But Thank God not- for all of us. <laughs> that's not going to ever be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, but back to Tom Brady and like real life. It was the easiest ranking I've ever done. Tom Brady against Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's the number one quarterback this week. If you want to make an argument that he might finish below somebody else, great. But yeah, Tom Brady number one this week. He, Got to fire him up. You waited, you know, your requisite four weeks to play him, and now he gets this Browns defense that's in shambles. Was taken apart by Kirk Cousins in pretty much 15 minutes of game time, and then they just sort of, you know, let off the pedal. But we'll see. Tom Brady. The real. We talked enough about Tom Brady. The real question is his weapons. How are they yeah. going to use all these guys? And especially when there's some new guys here that we haven't seen play with Tom Brady before. And, you know, the lingering Gronk question mark. Well, let's start with Gronk because he's obviously, you know, hand-in-hand goes with the success of Brady, we think. They're saying that he's not healing like they had anticipated. The things are just not coming along. The team's getting a bit older, long in the tooth. Brady's, what, is he 40 yet? 38 or 39. 38. Yeah, I think the whole team's getting a little older. Now, I'm not worried about it. I think Brady's still got a couple good years left in him. But overall, as a team, it's not a surefire. It's not a surefire that all of a sudden he's going to come back and this is going to be a dominant offense. Look at their – right now they're 28th in passing. Obviously, that's because you got Brissett, a rookie quarterback, over the past – um, you know, two games, and then you know, Garoppolo started out pretty hot. But where they are shining, uh, you know, we'll get to the running game in a bit. But both these teams are, I think, the Browns lead the league in running, in rushing, and uh, we've got the Patriots who are third. So let's talk about. Let's. I'll let you guys talk about the weapons and what Brady's going to be throwing to, and that running game for for the uh, the Patriots. Okay, so. Uh... Rob Gronkowski, like, that news comes out today. Don't you think that's just a Bill Belichick thing to do? The, ulti- <laughs> the ultimate mind, mind fuck of, oh, yeah, yeah, Rob's not healthy. He, he's, he's not going to be very good. And then suddenly Rob just comes out and, you know, spikes the ball twice after he scores two times. Like, 
I can see well, What else are you supposed to do with Gronkowski? You've got to sort of start him. He's probably a top five tight end just because of his scoring rate. Tight end has been, like, awful this season. The only guys that have been consistent is Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, and, you know, surprisingly, Kyle Rudolph. So, you know, Rob Gronkowski started, gotten off to an awful start. But I'm sort of excited to see Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell. That's how I want to see is how that shakes out, especially after Amendola's gone, you know, last couple games with just like zero or one target. So it looks like he's being sort of phased out of the depth chart. And then, you know, Edelman should get back to his ways. He had a pretty awful stat line at the end of the game. But if you watch that game, the first play of the game, he took it like 90 yards to the house. And it's yeah. like, oh, or he got tackled at the one, excuse me. But then, you know, they flag Hogan twice on the same play. So it's like, oh, thanks, buddy. That's ran 90 yards, and you're going to do this to me? I was going against Edelman, so I was like, oh, damn. That's what a shame. But, uh, you know, I look at the Gronkowski situation for me, and, and, and it feels like what was the year that Gronkowski had – the forearm that just didn't heal, and then it was like he's gonna play in the playoffs. And I remember that I was sitting there, and I'm like, I was in a playoff draft, and I picked him with my first pick because it was like a, a rolling thing. And then he got hurt immediately on the first play. And it just seems to me like it's, it could be one of those weird years for Gronk. But you're 100% right. If I own him, I have to start him. As far as those guys at the wide receiver position, I am curious too, but I'm not curious enough to start him. I think if you're in a in a in a, in a Real mind, I think you can because I do believe. Look, you have the the Patriots coming off of their first shutout, right? In in how long? <laughs> Twenty something year. Well, something since Brady's like second start. Uh, besides that, also at Gillette Stadium, I don't think they've ever been shut. I think it was the first time at Gillette Stadium. I think that's what it was. So you you have you have a perfect storm, which is unfortunately for for Cleveland here. Brady coming back. We see how Brady has always played in the fu to the to the league when he has these type of games. I expect him to be throwing the ball all over the place. The Browns have given up ten touchdowns right now. The league lead is the Atlanta Falcons with thirteen. I think by the time this week is done, uh, the Cleveland Browns may be leading the league, if not for sure, in second place for most touchdowns given up through the air. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. I just don't know where they're going to go in the pecking order of these receivers. And then also James White, who got a little bit playing the game plan, but should be more involved um, with Brady back in the lineup. But also, this should be a Garrett Blunt game because, you know, what are they favored by now? Seven, eight, ten points over the Cleveland Browns on the road? This When they're favored and they're up by one or two touchdowns, well, Garrett Blunt just gets fed. It's 15, 16 carries, ends up with 80 yards and a touchdown, and, and you're happy with this performance. And this should be sort of a little Garrett Blunt game, at least late after Brady comes out and tosses, you know, a couple touchdowns in the first two quarters. So I'm pretty excited to watch this game. I think they'll be on the red zone a lot early. Uh, besides that, let's get over to the Browns. Let's get over to the Browns, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's the Crow. The Crow has arrived. And the guy right now, he's what, top five, uh, I think he's number five running back, correct? Um, yeah, for fire scoring, he's, the top, he's number five in fantasy points this year, which is awesome. We, we were high on him going into the season, especially when a lot of people were taking Duke Johnson rounds ahead of him, literally four rounds yeah, ahead of him. Duke Johnson was like an average draft position, fifth round pick, and then Crawls there in the ninth. Uh, I told somebody in my league to draft him in the 16th round, and yeah, that pick's paying off for them. It's not paying off for me, but in the 16th round, I also got with Garrett Blunt. 
So how about that? There not not, dra- not drafting those kickers and defenses paid off for me a little bit. Absolutely. And let's be honest, the zero um, the zero RB is showing itself with with flying colors. I hate this kind of jargon and these little things that move around in the fantasy industry from year to year and these little uh, things that people latch onto. But the truth is, just the running back position. A lot of the guys that you went with in the front first round, other than a you know. David Gurley Johnson. Gurley finally had a good game, but David Johnson, or two, that was two games ago. David Johnson's, uh, and then you got AP out. So I'm sitting with all these late round and middle round running backs, and I know a lot of our listeners out there, I mean, just value city. I mean, when you're able to get DeMarco as late as you were, when you're able to get to Crowell as late as you were, Matt Jones finally coming around. Those are some of the guys that I, that, you know, Te- Tevin Coleman was another one. So something to think about. you got to change your, your approach each year. Uh, but the, the, the depth at the running back position has been awesome. So, Browns, Crowell, do you like him in this game? This is going to be a game where they're either going to take away Terrell Pryor or they're going to take away Isaiah Crowell. And I think we've seen now that if you take away Terrell Pryor and still allow Isaiah Crowell to run, you know, good things can potentially happen. But Isaiah Crowell going up against New England, the thing is it's going to be a tough game for him. But he's still an RB2 just because of the volume he's going to see. I mean, it's hard to sit a guy like Isaiah Crowell you might, even though you want to think about it on a weekly basis, right now he is locked in. And uh, that workload he's going to get. But also, this is a guy averaging 4.5 yards after contact. He is making things happen. He's the league leader in uh, yards per carry because of that 4.5 yards after contact. The line has shown some ability to pass block and run block and come together. So th- that's good, but... What do you think about the rest of the team or Crowell himself? Well, the rest of the team, first, let's just say, rest in peace, Josh Gordon. Two years out of the fucking league, you couldn't work on trying to figure it out. You know, the first time you got suspended, then the second time you got suspended, then you're literally 72 hours away from become, getting back in and you put yourself in, uh, into, uh, into rehab. Oh, hell no! I mean, what... What are you? What are you thinking? Everyone, I'm hearing you know the same thing you heard with Manziel when he did this uh, last uh, earlier in the off season. Oh, he's trying to get out of uh, Cleveland. Something's going on. Uh, keep him on your team. He's gonna. Get, no one wants this guy. He's out of the league. Who is? Who's gonna want to take a chance on this dude? Even if he comes out in three weeks, you think someone, or do you think he's done? Do you I, think he's gonna be back in the league this year? I think Can he be? Is he? Is he suspended? Is it yes, news? Yes, he's suspended indefinitely. He's he's in the league where he's gonna be sitting on the couch next, next to Justin Blackman and Titus Young. That's the oh. league he's in. Yeah, but you want to know what? Justin Blackman made millions, and I bet you Justin Blackman, when he got his last UI, was driving a Chrysler 300. So he wasn't spending it on stupid <laughs> bullshit. So I bet you Justin Blackman's sitting there like, all right, I made like 25 million dollars, and I'm I'm spending it like Marshawn Lynch. He's like, I'm golden, dude. All I gotta do is go down to the corner bar. I'm not driving anymore. Thank God we got Uber here in the sticks. Pick the bag, man. He's ordering fucking Schlitzes with the pig with the back. Uh, and he's getting drunk. I don't think uh, Justin Lackman's happy as a clam. He he's in and out. Justin Gordon done, did not make over a million dollars in his career of salary. Same, Titus Young, same goes for it. Just imagine all this guy had to do is come back, play, have a huge season this year, and next year he'll get paid. He would have gotten thrown 
probably less than he should have because of his past two years, but $30 million contract over a few years. Now he's just like going to always have to play one-year contracts until he keeps fucking up. I think he's. I think we might have seen the last of him. It's time for him and Johnny Football to open up a, uh, a weed dispensary in, in Denver because uh, there's not much else for those idiots. J and J's J's? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, so that's what I got to say about him. Terrell Pryor, someone that, you know, I'm trying not to talk about my team. I didn't pick up because I had Josh Gordon was fired up for him to come back. I was like, I don't want to pick up friggin' Pryor. Well, this guy's going to come back. Friggin' idiot. I hate the way, I hate the timestamp on certain news. So frustrating in fantasy football, but I guess that's what makes it exciting and yeah. painstaking well, at the same time. I look at this game just straight up game plan to say are they going to go to game plan to stop Crowell are they going to game plan to stop Pryor they're going to game plan to stop Crowell first that's that's going to be the thing I think they're going to force it on Pryor they, they know that they don't have to respect the other guys as much so they'll roll coverage as needed but they're going to they're going to initially go ahead and try and stop the uh, the run now are the Browns going to be smart enough to take is Hugh Jackson going to take a couple shots early. You know, that's something that he has done in his offense before when he was with Cincinnati. He had A.J. Green. He would always take the shot early. So one thing about the Patriots' defense, though, is they're sort of banged up at the defensive tackle position. So maybe that could be an issue, you know, in them trying to stop the run. We shall see. Uh, besides that, this game is all about what – are you going to start Duke Johnson? I mean, he finally had a 15-touch game last week, probably. If not for that fumble, would have had his most fantasy points. Uh, but I and he also played more snaps than Crowell last week, so he's starting to come around a little bit. I think he's, I think he's less than a flex. <laughs> but in a week of bye weeks, you might need him. Crowell, you know, you got to start him as an RB two, and then prior, or how high are you guys on prior? Like rest of the season, pretty high. The way, I, I, the way, the way that he's way targeted. And the way the way they used him in different ways all over the field. We saw him going against Norman last week, and just using his body and those long arms and that size and that's he's got deceiving speed. He's just an uber athlete. Let's be honest. He's got that just other gear and just I don't know the fact that he's learning this position. I kind of like him a lot. I think he's really this the, the Josh Gordon thing is the best thing that could ever happen to him. Uh, the thing I'm worried about is, okay, he got off Josh Gordon four catches, what, 48 yards and a touchdown in the first half on five targets, and then got shut out in the second half. So they played to take him away, and Josh Norman took him away the rest of the game, but nobody wants to talk about that because that's a fit narrative street. Um, also, Terrell Pryor is a new athlete. He's a 4'3'8 guy in his 6'5", 220-30-pound frame. So, yeah, you're excited about him. You just got to understand, he's a guy who can have up and down weeks. And I don't, you know, knowing Bill Belichick, he's a guy, who, he's the best game planner in football. And taking him away is what made them real dynamic against Cleveland. Or against yeah. Miami, excuse me. Hey, it's going to be a tough outing for him. The last thing I'll say about Pryor is that when you, when you think about it, I like him more now because I think he's learned a lot from his time when he was uh, you know, even playing quarterback when he had those blowout games and he was with the Raiders, but he was taking shots, you know, and he wasn't gonna, he didn't have the wherewithal to look like to stay healthy. He looks like he's gotten a little bit smarter about 
the types of hits that he sets himself up for. One last thing I want to mention before we go on. Tom Brady, they knew, the Patriots knew Deflategate was going to happen. And one of the reasons why he gave into it, something that I read today. When they restructured his uh, contract and gave him that two-year, $41 million extension, they pushed it all into next season. Tom Brady, with that huge contract, you would expect one of the best players in the league, and he makes a ton of money, $20 million per year. He only lost $235,000 in missing those four games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well done. Kraft, Kraft was like, here, we'll set up the structure so the first four games are just like nothing, and then we'll give you some back. He literally has... Is that even the veteran minimum? Like two thirty-five? dollars Let me introduce you to yeah, my Yeah, that's accountants. the veteran minimum, because the uh, veteran minimum for a player of his... Sort of time in the league would be like dollars. Oh, there you go. So basically, yeah. he was supposed to. He was set to make nine million this season, which is before the size were reworked, which would have lost him two point five million during this time in March. They knew that he was the hammer was coming down. Restructured it. Kraft giving his boy Brady a little high five. Uh, good, 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 good grief. Um, all right, so that's awesome. Let's move over to the Eagles at the Lions. Uh, great Eagles coming off a bye week. Obviously, one of the biggest stories in the league right now is the fact that they are 3-0, and the fact that Carson Wentz looks like he's the next Joe Montana, and all that good stuff in between. What happens in this matchup, uh, it seems like it's right back. I mean... The stat I've got, and I'm just going to let you guys run from here, is the Lions have given up three passing TDs per game so far this year. Yeah, they're second in the league with 12 touchdowns allowed through the air. Um, this seems like it would be a very good opportunity, especially when you consider that Carson Wentz and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles have had the extra week to prepare just for the Detroit Lions. So I, I think that really rolls into the, into the favor when you just have game planning for a specific team, all the game film on him, the extra time to, to get healthy, and also extra reps and practice for him with the other guys so, so he can get even more comfortable. So I, I like Jordan Matthews a lot this week, too. Also, the Lions are coming off a smashing of the, what, undermanned Chicago Bears? Yeah. They just got smashed. Uh, they're undermanned on defense, missing DeAndre Levy and uh, Ezekiel Ansa. We'll see if those guys can come back. That can change it a little bit. But what you're really looking forward to if you're Philadelphia is what's going to happen with Lane Johnson. He had his hearing today uh, for that 10-game suspension. So he'll pretty much be out the rest of the season fairly close to it. Should it stick or it could be reduced, we'll see. You should probably hear news on that by Thursday. Uh, that'll downgrade you know, Wentz a little bit for me. Uh, probably, the, I don't even know about those running backs. We'll get there in a minute. But also, Zach Ertz is back. 100% healthy uh, with his displaced rib. So it sounds like he's going to be back. And he has the best matchup ever going against uh, basically whatever you want to call the Detroit Lions linebackers secondary playing against tight ends. Because I think they've given up six touchdowns to tight ends this season. So play Zach Ertz if you own him. You know, you should have a great matchup. He's an interesting DFS play, but Ertz. Ertz and Wentz, you know, showed an uncanny knack while healthy early in that game one. 
So did they find where they displaced his rib? <laughs> well, one thing I will say, we mentioned three weeks ago when that happened that people were going to drop Ertz because that's just what happens and you should pick him up. And I hope you did because I'm excited to start Ertz over a Fleener. We got all in a Fleener. I got him in two different leagues where people dropped him on short benches because they thought he was going to be out for ages. Nah. Ertz is what? He's our fourth ranked tight end right now for the week, maybe third? Yeah, something like that. He's, uh, he's going to be top five, maybe top six. Uh, we love tight ends with rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> Ertz is probably the second best ta- talent uh, at, at the receiver position on the Eagles. Well, it depends. Maybe even the best, depending on what you think about Jordan Matthews. Maybe the uh, best. But Jordan Matthews, maybe he gets shadowed by uh, Darius Slay. Slay, yeah. That could be a little bit of downgrade, but he's playing. He's splitting his time in the slot and outside. Darius Slay doesn't really run into the slot, so he should have some good looks. He's probably a wide receiver three, you know, flex-ish player for you. The rest of these wide receivers aren't startable. Carson Wentz is potentially a top ten quarterback this week. So if you're looking for a streamer or a bye week fill-in for your guy Drew Brees, you know, whoever else might be missing it. If you were starting Alex Smith, Carson Wentz is probably an upgrade. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, Carson Wentz is still on the waiver wire in a bunch of leagues. It's still like over 40% of uh, CBS leagues he was on the waiver wire. You know, and I understand if you have a 10-man league, you're probably not going to be needing to go there. But you may want to consider it as a stash because the way that he plays and the way that he surveys the field, and this is the one thing that is, it's, it's beyond his years when you watch him because it's not like he'll he makes full progressions. He's actually seeing the entire field. He's reading the defenses. He's changing plays at the line. He has so much more freedom than you would ever expect a rookie to have. And he, the grasp and the quickness that he's picked it up uh, is ridiculous, especially coming out of an FCS school. But it was a pro-ready system there. So he was doing all those things and basically his own offensive coordinator in college. Love Wentz. One of my, I'm, a, I'm all in on the Wentzvania. One thing that bummed me out this week on Twitter, and it's off time, you know, basically they, the coaches tell you, take, get away from the game. He, he posted a picture of him, and he, 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 uh, he got a buck with an, ar- he, he, with an arrow. He went and killed a buck. I'm not into hunting and killing animals. So the only thing that I don't like right now about Carson Wentz is that he's killing bucks on his weekend off. And glad it wasn't a gun. And it was a, it was a, it was an arrow, a uh, bow and arrow shot. But still, dude, just let our animals live. What else do you do in North Dakota? <laughs> drink a, drink a friggin'. I mean, they may, they, they, the bucks may outnumber the people out there. It's <laughs> uh, good point. So the real question is, what do you do with this running back position now for the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I think the first thing you do is have a Valverde. You're supposed to put your homie over hoe. That's how pimps do, right? <laughs> I guess. I, I guess, little buddy. But, uh, Bros before hoes. Trey. You're looking at the running back position, and it's like a four-deep backfield, you know, which is the guy who's going to get the work this week. And you've got uh, Ryan Matthews potentially heading it up, but he had a banged-up ankle. They're not telling us too much about his condition heading into the week. You got Wendell Smallwood, who had a little bit of a breakout game uh, there in week three. Darren Sproles has just made plays this season, and is definitely that team's pass catching back. And Kenyon Barner's even shown some spark. So we could probably rule out Barner as a fantasy starter for now. Sproles has flex appeal. Besides that, you're looking at Wendell Smallwood and Ryan Matthews. 
they might eat into each other's workload. They might each get 12, 13, 14 carries, but Ryan Matthews has been that guy near the goal line for them early in the season. So if I'm looking for an RB2, Ryan Matthews has a lot of upside, and should he get healthy, they might still choose to roll with him. They like his experience back there with a rookie quarterback, his ability to you know do everything, pass block and run, should get him a lot of work. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's good against this Detroit defense, which is banged up, and they're giving up nearly uh, it's four point eight yards per carry. So, I look at a guy like Ryan Matthews and the way that he runs. I could see him look. Look at what Jordan Howard did to this defense last week. So I, I think that he could take a lot of cues from that. I definitely agree. Cool. Should we move on? Let's go on to oh Jesus, we haven't talked about other the Lions. Side of the we got we got to can't up. forget about the Lions. Let's quickly go through this because we're running we're running behind. Shocker. Uh, let's. Who wants to just run do a quick run through on the stag party? Give us a little uh, a little quick hitter on the Lions. So this game is really going to be a test of how real is the Philadelphia Eagles defense. This is probably the best offense they faced you know through this part of the season, excluding the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who knows if that was for real, uh, what sort of happened there. I, I can't explain it. It was crazy, especially after seeing what Pittsburgh did to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Matt Stafford, bottom 10, 12 quarterback. You know, you might want to find a streaming option, depending on how strongly you think of this Philadelphia Eagles defense. I mean, they don't have the greatest corners, but they've been able to put pressure on the quarterback, and that's something that Stafford is susceptible to. The Bears played a lot of coverage against you know, them last week, and that was a bit surprising. But they also were able to get some pressure, which was pretty much the first time they've ever done so this season. If they give up too much pressure, I'm scared for Stafford. I want to find a replacement. Riddick should see a lot of dump-offs out of the backfield. We don't know about Dwayne Washington's sort of injury yet, how long he's going to be out for, if at all. But that just Foot means, and leg, right? Yeah, that just means Zach Zenner is out there potentially getting goal line work and maybe a few other carries, but he's not really fantasy relevant just yet yeah. until we hear about that, the extent of that injury. Uh, Marvin Jones, you can't sit him. He's been on fire and put up another, what, 50, 60, 75 yards against the Bears. You know, pretty good game for Marvin Jones. Keep him in your lineup. He's an, a weekly wide receiver two, you know, borderline wide receiver one. Uh, he's got a lot of upside, especially if there'll be some better matchups coming for him uh, this season. Golden Tate. Probably All I'm hearing is, well, he's still a part of our team. He's still a part of our offensive plan. After being benched, you know, you're a little bit worried about Golden Tate, but I mean, you can't start him this week. He's a guy you're going to need to take the long way with. If you bought him at a high price, you got to sit and wait. And if you didn't, you know, and he's available on the waiver wire... Not many oh, more. Come on. <laughs> Hit him with it again. Hit it again. Oh, come on. Yeah, he's yeah. on the waiver wire. I'm, I'm keeping him there. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a guy you got to play the long game with and see what else happens. Ebron, Philadelphia Eagles are very tough against opposing tight ends. We'll see if he's able to do that. But he's just making some good plays. Now he's making boneheaded plays where 
he walks off the field during interception returns and just looks dicks disinterested. Dixon. <laughs> yeah. He might be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't judge the man's lifestyle choices. But also He also gets banged up about every play. Oh, that was the next thing. Uh, I was I, like, I, every I, other play, every time he makes a catch, he's down on the field. I test I test for me is like this guy is like um I don't know. I'm plays just, like Tarzan. Yeah. Looks like yeah. Trump. Yeah. Plays no. like Jane looks like Tarzan. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the guy almost looks like, I don't know, he just gets banged up every single play. So, let's just move on from that game, right? Yep. yep. All right, sweet. Before we go into the next game, uh, I want to give a little uh, quick uh, pyro promo. Give us an iTunes review. Give us a write-up on iTunes or any of the platforms that you may follow us, you know, for Apple users uh, and Mac users and iPhone users and all that good stuff. I, you know, I pad users there's itunes we got spreaker we got stitcher we're on google play we're on player fm there's a lot of people that are on podcast addict and we're going to keep we're doing kind of an audit right now to find out all there's so many different platforms now who's kind of people have picked up our show um so on those if you are also having any issues with that let us know because we have had a couple people that are subscribed to our show that aren't getting it updated we're trying to fix it. It's obviously getting better because we're looking at our numbers and they were down for a little bit. We got a lot of people complaining about it. So things are getting better. Hopefully it was just a cash issue here or not. But if you are having issues getting automatically updated across any of those platforms, most of them it was Podcast Addict and uh, iTunes, let us know so that we know the issue and we can try and fix it for you. But give us a shout out there. We're giving away uh, three Walter Payton silkscreen posters. Only 85 of them were ever made. They're hand signed by the artist. They're dope. They're hand create, created. I think it's a seven color silkscreen. They look beautiful. Sweetness is our guy. Do it up. Give us a review. And then if you do so, take a screen grab of it. Send it in to me or us. Contact at pyromaniac.com. After this week, I think Tuesday, we're going to, Mo and I are going to draw the winners, three winners from across the Pyro Podcast Light and our heavy show. With the love. Give us some love. Well, we're going to pay the bills right now. And once we, uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the Bears versus the Colts. All right, the Bears finally picked up a victory. Whew, thank God. Actually, no. We want, we want to go. We want to lose every game. We want to lock ends. <laughs> That's always how it goes. The Bears are usually the team that does not supply you what you want. As a fan, they always end up winning that five and six wins. You're like, why can't you just be pathetic and be two or three wins on the year? You, you know you're that bad. Every time. Every time. Well, let's get into the fantasy side of it. What are your thoughts on... You got I, something to say? I want to, get, I want to get your thoughts. Is Brian Hoyer a better fantasy quarterback than Jay Cutler? You know, this 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 is one of those weird discussions. Now it's it's I've been listening on the radio here in Chicago. I said fantasy. I know you did because okay. they keep asking the question who's the better quarterback. We all know that Jay Cutler is the better quarterback. But is Brian Hoyer the better quarterback for this team uh, in the system? And maybe he is, because one of the things that Cutler does is because he has such an amazing arm. He tries to stick things in there sometimes more than he should. He also um, is a guy that, for whatever reason, never feels the pressure coming from behind him. You know, there, every, every other quarterback you see that just has that sense of, oh, wait, there's pressure coming. I'm going to slide out of the pocket. Jay just doesn't seem to do that. Jay's a tougher quarterback. 
I I'd look at them almost being about dead even, to be honest with you. It's almost like, you know, remember when McCown came in a couple of years ago when Cutler got hurt, and then all of a sudden, boom, that's what got McCown all of his, his big contract in Cleveland. Um, did Tampa. that mean that he's a better quarterback? No, but he was, he was definitely the better fantasy quarterback for that team. Tampa paid for him. Tampa paid for him. That's right. They, uh, but I think Cutler's just a better statistical quarterback than Jay Cutler. He, he just gets the ball out quick to his receivers and lets them do the work, and that's all you need. And if you're a fantasy owner, I think you'd rather have Brian Hoyer under center throwing to these guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Eddie Royal, you know, Zach Miller. Potentially, we'll see what happens with Kevin White's injury. Let me ask you a question then, because going back to it, I kind of see what you're saying, because he is a guy who's not thinking that he has uber skills and is not going to try to do more than what he's capable of doing so that he more stays within himself. And at that point where there are concentric circles of skill and ability and, and, and how you use it on the field, that he actually outweighs Cutler for the, the dumb, boneheaded moves trying to do too much. Well, I'll do, uh, read the stat on the Paul Charchian uh, retweet that uh, we did today. Hoyer's first two Bears uh, games and starts back-to-back 300 yards and two TDs. Jay Cutler achieved that one time in 98 games since coming over here to Chicago. Wow. Back-to-back. Back. He did it back-to-back. Back. Wow. It's bad. The last time was, what, 2013? <laughs> yeah, 2000, weeks four and five of 2013 is what, 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 what wow. I'm reading here. Yeah, so, so fantasy-wise, I think the answer was summed up right there. 98-2. Yeah. And, de- and, you know, Brian Moore is actually three years younger than Jay Cutler, which wow. which might seem a little bit surprising on the face value. But let's move away. Brian Hoyer, two started games, two top 12 finishes at the quarterback position. A great piece you do on a weekly basis. Give a quick prior promo. Top positional weeks for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We give you the top 12 players uh, at each of those positions, and it kind of shows you who's in the top mix and uh, wide receiver one, uh, running back one, quarterback one, tight end one the most. And uh, so far, it's a telling tale where you've got Hoyers at 100%, two for two. Yep. And you got guys like Antonio Brown, he's uh, 100%, four for four. Uh, so great piece. I love that one on a week-in, week basis. Uh, good one Antonio to check Brown out. missed one. He's three for four. There is no wide receiver who's four for four. Really? Yeah. I thought he read four now, for four today. Now, he was three for four because that remember that week two performance? He had like four catches for 49 yards or whatever it was. A little bit lackluster. And you're like, no, Antonio. And everybody was worried. And then the last couple games have been back to being Antonio Brown. Uh, he didn't even have that great of a game last game, but he had two TDs. Uh, yeah, he, he made people look bad for two TDs. And yeah, that's all you can ask for. That's true. Uh, the rest of this Bears offense, though, Zach Miller is like a top five tight end in fantasy scoring right now. He's a guy you know you want to be you want on your radar. You know Brian Hoyer is getting him the ball. You know scoring touchdowns. Uh, so you're pretty excited if you're a Zach Miller owner. He's sort of a streaming tight end option. Uh, definitely playable this week against Indy. Indy can be had by those sort of position players. Jordan Howard, you're super excited for. That's the guy I want to talk about. Jordan Howard, I, I kept saying it all in the preseason when everyone was like, oh, it's going to be the Langford thing. And I'm like, I, I still think that Howard's going to be the better back because the one thing that Langford could not do is break a tackle and show any ability to run after contact. And one thing that we have seen from Jordan Howard since he's been here is he does exactly that. 
Here's a guy that now, okay, you can basically say he won game this last week, but he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry on, on his on his rushes on the season. He does have the, that build and size, and he was a guy that had a ton of carries in his senior year at Indiana and at Indiana in the Big Ten. Not one of the major powerhouses and ran for like 12, 1,300 yards for them. So, you know, I like I like what he brings to the table. He's shown some real nice burst as well, which is something that it's like, you know, with a guy that size, can he actually get to the second level? And he can. So I, I think that he'll have a, a good opportunity with uh, Indianapolis, especially in the red zone. They've given up five touchdowns on the ground. I think if they get in there, he's definitely the guy that can, uh, can pound it in from five yards out. In addition to that, you know, the biggest question mark to his game was his ability as a receiver. And he sort of answered those questions through, you know, the last game and a half. Yeah, he struggled in that first game with a couple drops, but yeah, he's been solid yeah, but, since. But his receiving numbers have been pretty solid. And yep. you look at Jeremy Langford's receiving numbers, and they've never jumped off the table except for you know one catch and run against the, uh, I guess, St. Louis Rams at the time. Uh, besides that, you know, the rest of this offense, Alshon Jeffries got over 300 yards but doesn't have a touchdown yet this season. He's one of three guys to be in that position. The other are Odell Beckham and Amari Cooper. So you got to think that he's going to get off the schneid a little bit in terms of the touchdown department. Uh, a lot of them have been funneled to, you know, Zach Miller. He's got three on the season. Um, Kevin White, you know, got to see about his, you know, ankle injury uh, because he was starting to make some plays and starting to go up and make some catches, and it was sort of exciting to see. And he was and getting targeted. The thing is, there's this whole conspiracy theory that they are sort of in their minds moving on from Alshon Jeffrey, and they want to see what Kevin White can do with the full target share, and the other guy could be a complimentary receiver, and that's what they're trying to do. Now, if there's a major injury to Kevin White, you know that's that conspiracy theory is gone. How, can you trade a guy like Alshon when he's making? Uh... When he's, when, he's tag, when he's on the when he's on the uh, the, the, the tag, because he could be if the Bears can't really get it going, he could be a difference maker I mean, on an offense that really needs another playmaker. And if the Bears are moving on from anyways, which I was shocked they gave him the franchise tag anyways, because they're not going to re-sign him to the sixty seventy million dollar deal that he's going to be asking for next year. Can I, you trade him? I don't know if you can or not. I think Stan is looking it up. But I, it's interesting. I would think maybe. That you could, as long as you didn't have your own a, a player on your own team franchised. Like if you have that slot available to have him on your franchise tag, I mean, why not? I mean, as long as it works with maybe, what maybe you un, maybe you sign him, you unfranchise him, and you sign him to a long term deal. Well, am I thinking NBA? NBA the sign and trade. Oh, we're going to sign in this huge deal, and then all of a sudden we're going to trade you to this team. No, well, we need all these different pieces. The NFL is not going to let that fly. So. Uh, can you do it? It's unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Well, I hope you can because I want him gone. I'll tell you what. It does make sense to me when you look at where the Bears are now. They're kind of backstepping themselves away from Jay Cutler. John Fox comes out in the media this week and they said, well, when Jay Cutler comes back, is he going to be the starting quarterback? It's wow. I'm telling you, all the players, when they come back, Jay will go into the evaluation. I'm reading that Jay Cutler pretty much might be available this week. Yeah, available this week, and potentially the Miami Dolphins, where Adam Gase uh, just got traded from, or you know, just went yeah. to as the head coach. Uh, that's one potential destination rumor that they're saying. Besides that... To start over Tannehill? Well, they're talking about a Tannehill 
Jacob or SWAT because they both got a lot of dead money. I'll take I'll take a chance Let's on that. Let's move over to wide receiver. Let's do it. They're saying you get, they're saying you might have to give up a plus if you want Tannehill because he's younger. But whatever. Fine, do okay. it. Bring uh, it. But give him Hoyer. Von Miller. <laughs> hold on, quickly while we're talking about him. Von Miller said out of all the great players that he, that they, he was playing with at, at Texas A&M, he said by far Tannehill was the best athlete. Yeah. So. Looking at the Bears' matchup against them, though, we sort of talked about all the players except for Eddie Royal, who makes an interesting sort of flex play, especially if uh, you know Kevin White's out of this game. So keep Eddie Royal on your sort of mind. He showed up big last week, and he's had two pretty big weeks so far this season. Uh, besides that, you know this is an Indianapolis team coming back over uh, from across the pond, playing in London. So they've got sort of a shorter week because of the travel. Um, and then they chose not to take a bye well, because they had the option to, but they were the first team ever after playing in London choosing not to take the bye. Um, we'll see how that affects them. It, it's good. It lines up good for the Bears' offense, though. You want to play pretty much all the guys you know. On the other side, Indy. Let's see. Frank Gore's been killing it. Killing it. So you guys. Another, another late round steal that we told you all along. Frank Gore was going to be available in that zone, and that twenty third running back taken off the board late, and he's he's ready. And the Bears have given up five rushing touchdowns on the year, so they can be had there. The surprising thing is the Bears are sixth best in fantasy points against wide receivers. Yeah, and if you can tell me the name of one of their quarters, uh, I'll give you a dollar. One of the quarters, uh, Glenn. <laughs> the last is it Jerry Glenn? I think it's Jacoby Glenn. Jaco- and there was a J. Jacory maybe, but yeah, yeah. Jacoby sounds like way too wide of a name. He's he's they're throwing out guys there that have never been heard of of like Bryce Callahan and these guys. Mm-hmm. Bryce Callahan came back from a concussion. He seemed to like really play the slot slot well. He did so. That's something encouraging, but T.Y. Hilton is going to be the, probably the best wide receiver that they faced all season. You're not going to sit him. I mean, I don't know if the Bears have the deep speed to keep up with a guy like Philip Dorsett. Um, and then with all the sort of injuries at linebacker, can they you know, contain either Jack Doyle or Dwayne Allen? Because I don't know which one's the pass-catching tight end anymore. And Dan Trevathan's still going to be out for this game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you look at uh, a T.Y. Hilton who's now made plays in, what, his last two or three games now? Uh, two games for sure, but after he had the Well, yeah, he had, a touch, he had a touchdown. Um, last week, but only like 42 yards on seven catches. So, but, but they was. Look, can I talk about well, Luck? It was also the Jalen Ramsey experience that he was going under. So Luck needs to figure out a way to like get it going early. He's, he just waits till the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden it's like when it's loosey goosey time, he can just wing it and do it. But Luck's got a lot of maturing to do. I love him as a player. You guys know I'm huge into him before the season goes. But this guy is just like. He's doing a lot of those boneheaded, like, looks kind of lost and just doesn't realize. But he's just doing, he doesn't realize that the talent around him is as good as him. And he's just trying to do his winging and far thing. And it's just not, he doesn't have that far serendipitous luck. I think it's more the offense. And the offensive line blows. The offensive line blows. We don't even have to get into that. They're they're trying. They're too young. We knew that, especially when they're missing a couple starters, you know, last week. But this is an offense that when they play slow, they suck. But when they speed it up and they go no huddle and they've got, you know, they're rotating out the running backs and, you know, they've got the quick Josh Ferguson in there and then sometimes Fred Kors in there running the draw play. 
But when they're rotating their running backs and playing quick, no huddle, there's no team that can keep up with their speed for yes. that long. And they don't go to it until the fourth quarter when they're trailing, and it's stupid. It is stupid. They even brought that up during during the game when they were making that comeback early in the morning. I, I was like, like, yeah, that was. I was watching and listening to just that game, the entire game. Because uh, I got up to listen to Stag Party on the radio. So. Nice. So. I'm not on the radio this weekend because of the Chicago Marathon, by the way. Oh. But that, that's actually the best thing that's ever happened to me because I'm going to the Cubs game Saturday night. <laughs> oh, good for you. Enjoy. Oh, sure. You got a bye week set perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? right <laughs> Can't get any better than that. That's and, awesome. And so the announcers were talking about it. And it was like there's about four minutes left in the game, and they had just been rolling it down the field by using the, the, uh, the no-huddle offense. And then there was an incomplete pass, and they huddled up, and they asked her, what are they doing? Why are you huddling up now? You have just been moving up and down the field, and now you're just stopping all the momentum that you have. You know, it's kind of like, realize what kind of team you are. You want to know who they, they are? Kind of the modern incarnation of the Boomer Esiason, uh, Sam Weish, Cincinnati Bengals that ran that no muddle huddle, no huddle offense. All the time. Well, they got to do it. Me and Sags are texting. It's like, he got going on the fourth. He's like, these guys got to do it all the time. One last thing. Sam Weich, that was an amazing thing. I didn't know he had a heart transplant. Did you see that? Oh, thing? I didn't know that. No. He, they showed it before the, uh, was that Thursday night? Thursday night. Thursday night game. Sam Weich, he had a heart transplant like within the last two months. So be better. Uh, get get well. Hope it takes. You know, heart transplants are finicky things that usually give you five, ten years max to your add to your life. So Sam White's heart transplant. Don't organ donor again. I'm gonna keep beating this down. If you're not an organ donor, do it. Save if, if if something bad happens to you, you can save someone else's life. Pay it forward. How how, how many years now has Dick Cheney had, and how many hearts is he on? I think he's probably on more more liver. I think he's I think he's actually hooked up to three hearts at once. Oh God. Um, so let's move on. Unless you got anything else, um, I totally agree with. Uh, they just need to keep it going fast, fast, fast. I see one thing. I see Dwayne Allen. That guy seems to be botching a lot of plays. Uh, at this point, I think you're, it's problematic if you're if you're an owner of him. There's some other um, tight ends that you might want to look uh, look in the direction of. So can we move to the next game? Yep. Great. Let's go Tennessee Titans. They're gonna be down in Miami against the Dolphins. Uh, let's start with the Titans. DeMarco Murray, love that guy, love that guy. Um, I think I was the only one to have him ranked top 10 at running back, and he leads all running backs. He's a machine, and I just hope he can stay healthy, and I hope they, they keep giving it to him. But that guy, he's getting it done. That offensive line looks like it looks like something out of the old Broncos uh, days. So. That's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. If you guys have anything else to say about the running back, uh, the rest of it on that offense, problematic. The rest of it on the offense I can do without. But I am all aboard on your DeMarco Murray train, especially when you see what they do. And this is also why when you when you have star players that are playing against Tennessee, that you do, you're not going to get the stats that you're looking for. And it's not that it's Tennessee's defense that is all that spectacular, but it's what that offense does, how they're grinding out drives on you, how they control the time. Yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing. Like, they worked. They got – Tennessee got destroyed early. And then Houston sort of just lit off the pedal again, and they think they're hot shit. And then it's like, yeah, then their offensive stats don't look that great. I don't get it. These coaches, like – Mike McCarthy is like the criminal of this, of just taking their foot off the throat. Step on the throat, you know, score 60 points if you have to. Fucking NFL. Yeah, I don't, but Tennessee's got the ball 31 minutes a game. 
Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's just through that control. It's like, remember a few years back, it was like uh, in San Diego. It was like every drive, they were never hitting the big plays, but God dang it, every, every drive was an 11-play, 6-7-8 minute drive. And that's kind of what uh, Tennessee is bringing to it. So they're just keeping the ball away from the other team, but, you know, to do I like any of the wide receivers that they really have going on out there? I like what Tajay Sharp has to offer, but it comes. Do you? It, do but you? It's, no, no. Do you? <laughs> as a as a skill set, do I like what I'm getting as a production? No. Do you like his skill set as a number one wide receiver on an offense? He's not a number one wide well, receiver. Well, he is on that offense. And that's the problem. Well, that's the problem. Do you think they should have kept the, uh, back in green, a green back of it this time? Not not if he's not if he's the type of head case that he is. In a lot of ways, you're just better off. Look. What's he done with Carson Wentz over there so far in Philadelphia? So. Not much, but it's a new offense. He scored a couple touchdowns. Yeah, and they don't have, they don't have they just don't have a, like a, a specimen. No. Like they, they don't have a specimen on this team. They need like some sort of they got a bunch of like Bryce Butler. Um, I know he's not on that team. Uh, Rashard Matthews, Taji Sharps, like a bunch of guys. What like happened to Kendall Wright? 180. Six one one ninety five and one four five. Were you were yeah. you the guy at D-Rex that was? Were you high on Kendall Wright? As, I mean, I'm always high on Kendall. We Wright. were. My thing is like I just I, here's a guy that has never. He had that, what was it, like three years ago, I think it was, where he had that... Four. Was it four years ago? He had all the catches, and it was like, wow, okay, here's a guy that's ready to take the next step in his development. Let's not, we can't even talk uh, about this guy. Yeah, so let's, let's... Let's go. We gotta move. If we're talking Delaney about Kevin Wright uh, running behind the show, we're screwed. So we talk about Delaney Walker? Delaney Walker only played 35 snaps in his return. Uh, but yeah, if Tazay Sharp doesn't really go off in this game, you know... It's definitely time to drop the city and find another option. I mean, Rashard Matthews only had two catches, but I think they went for, what, 82 yards? 82 yards. So he made one big play. The rest of the wide receivers aren't worth owning right now, but it's something to monitor. Uh, Harry Douglas was an active, what, healthy scratch, so you're definitely not thinking about him. Uh, Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker and, you know, DeMarco Murray, the only guys you want to own. And DeMarco Murray has... It's a top 50 wide receiver with just his receiving stats. <laughs> Here's one thing i got to say. We'll talk quickly about Marcus Mariota, and then let's go over to the other side of the ball in the Dolphins. Do you realize that Mariota has only, and, and I know you got a sound bite, so I'll let no, you have no, 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 he's, he's rushed the ball 13 times for 72 yards. Yeah. they got to get this guy running. He's not dynamic enough to be throwing the ball, so he needs, a, he needs to almost be his own play-action passer. But also, this is a guy... Where they need to go, no huddle, pick up the tempo, spread out the field, and do what he does well. And instead, they're Mike Malarkeying the offense. Is he is he is he regressing, or is he just not getting the right situations? Uh, and and doesn't have enough talent at wide receiver. I don't think he has enough talent at wide receiver, and I don't think they chose the right coach. But I told you that when they hired the guy, <laughs> or well, stuck with the guy, whatever you want to say in that situation. You know, you've never liked uh, Kevin Costner in any movie he's ever done. <laughs> Let's uh, go over to the Dolphins. Um, wow. Please trade Jay Cutler. Don't care. Smoking Jay. Let's get that mofo down in Miami. I'd happily take Tannehill up here, even if he's our backup, even if we have to give up something else. Uh, let's move him out to wide receiver, whatever we got to do. <laughs> Tannehill over Cutler any day of the week. Um, what else do we got? Today, um, Arian didn't practice. Probably not going to play again this week. But they're also moving away from the four-headed monster running back, 
whatever that means. Who's got it? I mean, probably Ajay. Ajay is the guy who's looked the best in two, all these touch. Two, Jai Jai, hush hush, Jai Jai. <laughs> wow, nice. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the fantasy players that matter on this team: Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry. So Jarvis Landry's, you know, doing Jarvis Landry things, getting fed targets. And Devontae Parker sort of had a down week against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. We'll see if that we'll see if um, Tennessee can hold him down. Tennessee, I don't know what they're doing at corner. Parrish Cox seems to get timely interceptions, but then gets roasted half the time. Uh, so that's encouraging. Which is yeah. nice. <laughs> All right, let's let me give a quick. Uh... We're, we can move on from that team, right? Yep. Quick Pyro promo. Uh, check out Pyro Pro. It is a lifesaver. The in-season way for you to ask us direct questions. Uh, as, I'm, as we've been on the show, Coke Driver, our favorite Eagles fan, has asked us about 25 uh, Twitter questions. Hey, Coke Driver, Pyro, sign up for Pyro Pro, buddy. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Uh, sign up for Pyro Pro. Direct questions. You can follow 100 of your favorite players. Your mama does cocaine, she think nobody <laughs> Um, And you can follow 100 players. We get news feeds in your dashboard timeline, uh, exclusive charts for you. You can see all of the player rankings throughout all the positions, which if you're not a Pyro Pro, we kind of limit it for you a bit to try and entice you to become a Pyro Pro. Listen, we're trying to turn this thing into a full-time gig. All of us have full-time jobs. Still yet, we don't have no lives. Stag Party's girlfriend's about to dump him. Houdini just got married, so he's locked in for a while. But we literally for a while. <laughs> Yeah, you got a two-year buffer zone. I, I, I haven't had a girlfriend in the last four years. We just put our lives and souls in the line for this thing, and we put so much time into it. And that's why we do this Pyro Pro, and that's why we're moving to this premier uh, premium package so much. So we love to keep it free and have the kind of traffic where we can have sponsorships and all that sort of stuff, but it's just not the way the uh, industry works for your know, smaller sites like us. But represent us, sign up for Pyro Pro. It's 40 bucks for a year. You can try it out for 10 bucks per month. You can check it out for a week for five bucks. But it's a year, it's a year. So if you sign up now, you got until week five of the 2017 season. It's a no-brainer. You get the mindshare of Pyro. Sign up, Pyro Pro. Can you dig it? I, I, I need this to start paying us money because I, I keep winning money at the casino and having to tell my wife that this is all the money I'm making on Pyro. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's going to end well. Yeah. But I lost all that money on DFS. I invested in Pyro. <laughs> <laughs> it messed with us. Oh, God. Well, we love you. Pyro Pro, help us out. We give this stuff to you. The Pyro Podcast is always going to be free, but we do so many awesome articles and pieces on a regular basis that we've got this paywall going now. You can see it all for free up until a certain point. But come on, hook it up. Give back to the community. Give back to Houdini. Give back to Stag Party and D-Rex and the rest of the crew. Mo and Louie Mack and Pyrolytics. All of our great guys. Stiff Kitties. PK Ripper. Where's the love? Yeah, where's the love? Let's do it. Anyway, let's move on to the next. Actually, before we go to the next game, let's help pay some bills. The Redskins at Ravens. 
I'm gonna let you guys get into the Redskins. No, you can have it. You can. <laughs> okay, fine. Amen. My guy Jones finally showed up. Uh, had his hundred yard game. The beautiful thing with Jones right now that you got to be really loving is they're giving him the ball more and more each game. He's getting more totes and uh, every week. And now he's finally got a touchdown and a hundred yard game, and that seems to be a nice little recipe for them. So I'm liking where where it goes. I think the Ravens are good defense, but nothing that I'm too concerned about because they've got such an aerial attack. Well, you got to worry about the aerial attack first. And Matt Jones is not like. Well, and that's what happens it's because it's not the main issue. They're, they're, the Ravens are being attacked through the air, so I mean they're only giving up 80 yards per game on the ground. Yeah. So um, you know that that's and they've only given up two rushing touchdowns. My concern there, you know, again with Matt Jones, it's I just you're more of a believer. I've just never been a believer in him. So when I when I watch his games, it's, it's just I, I haven't seen the consistent threat. Uh, uh, Burst and break breakaway ability from tackles that I want to see that that, uh, that I think we should be seeing by this point in time, um, and then you see all of a sudden Chris Thompson comes in and Chris Thompson makes a big play. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. There's the the, the the long play is not there uh, with Jones, but if he's going to keep on getting, they're giving him more carries, more opportunities and touches every week. If they're going to keep on doing that and they're winning. Then I like that recipe for him. Uh, the eye test, he's 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 passing mediocre. It's like yeah, it's like vanilla yogurt. It's like, but if he keeps it up, it might be a nice little uh, you know mixed berry. It's like it's like <laughs> one yard gain, then eight yard gain. Like it's such a mixed bag every single rush for Matt Jones. But he's shown a little bit, and he's shown that drive that you like to see. He's got some power. Pun- uh, he's a punisher. Yeah, he delivers the blow on a lot of those, which is what you like to see from that running back position. Also, you know, Jordan Reed got back involved. He got back involved in the red zone where he's, you know, a difference maker and scored two touchdowns. We we always said his numbers were going to come down in the red zone a little bit, you know, just because they were so far and above the lead, what the lead, rest of the league did last season. Uh, now we saw that, and now they realize, hey, we've got to get this guy because throwing to a five foot eight player in Jameson Crowder isn't the most efficient way to score touchdowns. But Deshaun Jackson had a crappy week, but this week you should see Sharice Wright, who we saw get torched by Michael Crabtree for three touchdowns, and over the last three weeks has given up five touchdowns total. Uh, so that's a guy. I think he's given up like 287 yards and five touchdowns. So Deshaun Jackson, interesting play this week. You know, it could bite you in the house, or it could be the huge one you've been waiting for from Deshaun because he's had, you know, a top 12 or top 15, 69, top 15, 72. Like that's Deshaun Jackson in a nutshell. Yep. Well, but Always I, I love Deshaun Jackson in these games when he's coming off of crap weeks. You know, because that's one of the ones where people are like, oh, well, Deshaun, screw him. And it's, it's when that happens, then he, boom, hits you for a couple of big plays. And he'll do it early. It'll be like a 51-yarder with like four minutes gone in the, in the Sunday. And you're like, yeah, here we go. Well, Deshaun is definitely in, in, in a standard, standard league. You got you just you just got to bring him down a lot. In the PPR league, he's much better in the explosion uh, reward for the long touchdown. And I'm going to reward myself for a long day. And bam, fair day. Hey, man, let me out of here. No. Oh, yeah. 
putting you in my stomach. You're not coming up. So, <laughs> if you were excited by Jameson Crowder and you picked him up off the waiver wire and you're thinking of starting him this week, you got to know something, man. Jameson Crowder has played less and less over the last three weeks, and the snaps have come down as they've tried to go a little bit more two tight end sets. And so they have more of that power run game that we've seen a little bit. So if you're a Jameson Crowder owner, you know, just be aware that things might not be as rosy as they were during the eight-target, three-week opening. Yeah, great thing. Uh, you Stack Party supplied to me. Uh, snap counts through the first four weeks today. I'm gonna probably be, I'm gonna try and get it up tonight after I get the show up. Uh, along with, um, uh, I, I've got uh, everything cut up to put up for top positional weeks. Uh, but if not, that'll go up tomorrow. That's kind of uh, something that is going to be for the dashboard timeline of Pyro Pros. Really awesome piece telling where you can actually see things like what you just said. What's wrong? I didn't give you snap counts. Oh, you gave me plate percentage. God damn it. All right, take that back. Anyway, we're not editing it, but he gave me he gave me play calling percentages. I thought it was snap counts. I'll uh, try to get you snap counts by the end of the week. <laughs> we'll get that one. Amen. There's so much content that comes in on a daily basis. Sometimes blends together. Uh, it's so funny how much content we get up on our site on a weekly basis. But awesome. Anyway, uh, keep going with uh, what you got to do on the Redskins, or should we move over to the Rams? We're Rangers? good on the Redskins, except maybe Kirk Cousins. You know, pretty interesting play this week. Borderline top 12, sort of like he is every week. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, what do you got on the Ravens? Ravens. We saw some things from Joe Flacco. He threw the ball a ton last week. And if we think, you know, Washington has a chance in this game, that Joe Flacco's going to have to throw a lot last week. But the real story is probably Terrence West. Terrence West had a... What, 21 carry, 113-yard, one-touchdown performance? Yeah, his first 100-yard game since the first game of his NFL career. Good enough for them to basically amicably part ways with Justin Forsett. Yeah, he's gone, so now you know what the backfield is a little bit more. I mean, the real unheralded guy in there, Kyle Juszczyk, is probably their best pass-catching back right now. Um, Javorius Allen, you know, finally got finally active, got back, yeah. uh, made some catches, so that was encouraging to see. But this is supposed to be the week of return of Kenneth Dixon. I'm not gonna if you picked up Kenneth Dixon on the waiver wire piece or anything like that. This is probably not a week to start Kenneth Dixon, um, just because we don't know what they're gonna do. But this is when you have to monitor it and say, okay, now let's see what we got. If we, and, and this is what it's gonna be one of those where. Him and Allen might get probably close to the same amount of touches, but then it becomes who does more with what they're given, and then that person is going to have the thing tilt in their favor going forward. So, yeah, and I just don't know if they like Buck as a runner. So they only, gave, they only gave him three rushes last week. Yeah. So what does that tell you? How about Steve Smith getting back? Can I talk about this because he's been on the waiver wire? He's still on the waiver wire in some leagues. I can't believe it. It, it. Like it's ridiculous. You had to look at you know the trends of the targets that he's been getting and realize that he is the best option that they have in their passing game. He's the guy that that Joe Flacco is going to look at and lean on. He is still recovering from the injury. He had one leg that's that's bigger than the other still, so he's building himself back up. And he's a fighter. And, and you're, you're, you're not going to get maybe, you know, I don't think 
in the next couple of weeks that 150-yard type performance from him, but that could become later in the year as long as he stays healthy. That, I mean, come on. How many guys can you pick up off the waiver wire they're going to get 10 targets a game? Yeah, I mean, he's their wide receiver one, and that's really all that matters. Uh, their wide receiver two looks to be pretty clearly like Mike Wallace. He's an interesting flex play on a weekly basis. He's either getting red zone targets or they're taking a deep shot. And, yeah, he's converted, you know, half of those this season. Interesting player. Dennis Pitta, you know, after that big sort of second week, come down to earth a little bit in the last couple weeks, especially in what should have been a pretty nice matchup against Oakland. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dream matchup. We'll see, you know, if he gets back to playing well. I mean, if you've got Smith and Norman, you know, that kind of diva battle, it could be more targets for Dennis Pitta. So it's just interesting. There's so many players here. It's finally starting to clear up, though. Max Williams looks injured. Kamar Aikens, clearly the fourth guy after Brashad Perriman now. Um, Crockett Gilmore's getting mixed in in two tight end sets, but it's clearly Dennis Pitta's tight end team. And now we've finally seen some clarity at the running back position. The thing that you said is the thing that I want to, why I want to watch this game and why everyone should want to watch this game. Josh Norman, Steve Smith. Yeah. Two fiery personalities, old school, new school. Um, I tell you what, I know you see how Norman can get into the head of like an, an Odell Beckham. Um, I don't think that's gonna. Steve Smith, you don't want to get in that head. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to wake. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't no. want to wake the. It's like it's like. Jalen Ramsey. Wake the dragon. Yeah. You know, Jalen Ramsey a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and even I mean, that play that. This burst that I, we saw out of fucking old man Smith Sr., he looked like Junior. I mean, the way that he pulled away from that those players and got that long touchdown. Melbourneay. Game recognized game, and you looking kind of unfamiliar right now. <laughs> All right, let's give a little shout out. You're drinking. This is a pyromaniac mo. We'd be proud of you. Uh, I'm double dipping. I'm yeah, double dipping. Yeah, you got a but what do you got? What are you drinking? Oh, uh, right now, and I had to go back because I'll I'll have to weigh the, the two against each other because I have the old favorite uh, founder Centennial IPA, most favorite, and I also had picked up the Victory uh, Victory Double India Pale Ale, and I would say if I am going to, I love the Victory. Storm King for my Imperial Stout, but when it comes to IPA, um, that one does not hold a candle for this Founders. It is uh, head and shoulders, more flavor, and, and better. Nice. I'm doing my Revolution Brewing, Fifth City, Chicago Pale Ale. I've said it before, it's probably my favorite beer around right now. This has got the uh, Cascade, it's got the Citra, it's got the Centennial Hops, and it's got the, uh, what's the last one? Crystal. It's got all of them. It's got the it's got a, yeah, it's got crystal meth. Why do you think I don't like it? Snap track. Cracking out all the time. I, I drink this thing out of the glass pipe. The only thing I don't know what to do is add a uh, add a flame. So uh, the sound bites, by the way, yeah. it's uh, Riley from the Boondocks. Nice uh, that we got going on here. It's the little the little eight year old kid. Semi censored. Uh, with a semi censored <laughs> with a smart mouth. And uh, the music is Volpeck. Volpeck. It's, it sounds German, right? Yeah. Wolfpeck. It's actually an American funk band. Is that band. a B or a W? V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. Wow. Wolfpeck. They are an American minimalist funk band, so they want everything to sound kind of like they're doing it live, um, and they're from originally from Ann Arbor. 
Dude, I didn't like that first song, just so you know. And we've had a lot of people... Oh, that was called Adrian versus a uh, and Adrian. Adrian spelled with A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E and A-N-N-E. And then we'll close out with Mean Girls. That's that first title is profound. Uh, so we've been told that we've introduced a lot of nice beers to people, a lot of nice music to people over our shows. So that's the reason why we call these things out. We love beer, we love music, and uh, Stag Party. Monster. And, and Stag Party <laughs> loves his monster. And we gave you your music a few weeks ago. God bless you. Uh, all right, let's move on. the blind. Oh, we do love him. Too gone too soon. Let's move on to um, the second last game in um, of the early ones, and that's the Texans, as Stag Party said earlier, letting the, uh, their foot off the pedal against the Vikings, who seem to be a team that has that defense that oh. is Super Bowl worthy. They are insane. This insane. is one of those ones where a guy who you have to just be ecstatic about on Texans and a guy that you have to just be so disappointed in right now as a fantasy owner. It's I'm loving me my, my Will Fuller. I'm hating me my Nuke Johnson so far. Nuke Johnson? Oh, t- Nuke Hopkins. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Nuke Hopkins. I'm, going, I'm pulling out every Johnson Hopkins. Whatever, you know. I mean, the first two weeks he had two touchdowns. You really weren't too concerned. And then we've seen a little bit of a flip-flop from that. And, you know, now Will Fuller, punt return touchdown, receiving touchdown. And he couldn't have been any more wide open. He's still making plays vertically. He's one of the most targeted players 15 yards down the field. So he's got that boomer bust aspect to his game that's been paying off more often than not. And he has the benefit, though, and this is a frustrating thing for a guy like Hopkins, is that Hopkins is still going to get the attention from the defenses. So when they're going to roll coverage to one of these receivers, it's not going to be roll the extra guy to Will Fuller. And it's not even rolling coverage this week. It might be a little bit with Minnesota because they do some things where they flash the safety down at the line of scrimmage and then bounce Harrison Smith out uh, on the underneath routes, sort of that robber look. Um, so that could hurt. Which he did on Odell Beckham a couple yeah. times on Monday night. Who's the bigger disappointment, though, on that team? Lamar Miller or Hopkins? Because Lamar Miller, let's be honest, both of those guys were essentially first-rounders. And while Lamar Miller's been able to get some of the rushing yards and, and had that kind got of... Got 100 moment, yards from scrimmage in pretty much every game this season. But he's got zero touchdowns. So I understand this is zero touchdowns, but at the same time... Look at what Le- Lamar Miller is allowing them to set up a lot of these things that they're doing to Will Fuller and to these other guys. I agree. In the NFL world, Lamar yeah. Miller is great. Fantasy but if, world. You dra- if you drafted Lamar Miller in the fifth or sixth round to go back to our zero running back, zero RB, you're not. You're not absolutely. You're not. I'm, you're not loving I'm not, him. right but now. He's, but, but he's twenty. But here's the thing: it's because of the touchdowns. Yardage-wise, he's there, and this is one of those things that you know what you can count on yardage. You cannot count on touchdowns. So. As long as he's getting me the others now, the touchdowns will come. Okay. You know what? If you build it, he's they will come. Yeah. He's fourth in yardage, yes. 20th in fantasy points. It, it, you're right. I agree. And I like touches. I like attempts. I like all that. You know, and then all of a sudden, he'll go through a three-game stretch where he scores four or five touchdowns, and then all of a sudden, everything's equalized. Yeah. I hope so. Just that against me. And let's remember, Indy, Jacksonville. What is on the upcoming schedule? Pretty good stuff. You still got to remember who he gets to play later in the season. Except you're looking at the schedule this week. We're talking about this week, yeah. and you don't like it this week. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, they did allow a touchdown last week to Orleans Darkwa, or last night, excuse me. So, 
you know, there's a potential he could score there. Plus, you know, Lamar Miller is just getting such a volume of touches, you can't really sit him. And we saw more from his making moves in the receiving game last week early. The guy had 50 yards on the first drive, and then they didn't, they sort of went away. And then later in the game, they fed him, and the defenses stacked. And it's just confusing. But you're at least encouraged by Bill O'Brien's play calling early. The thing that's going to be confusing, though, is what the sound in that building is is insane. You, you can just see the confusion from New York trying to, to call plays. With, and the way that they built it where it's like extra sound on your sideline. It's like it is so slanted and so cheap and whatever, but they're playing the card. It's a home field advantage in Minnesota. Yeah. They should have made it so it's not dumb, so it's truly a home field advantage when it gets deeper in the winter. Remember, they they sucked outside. Yeah. They, they like playing in the dome. But uh They're not the teams that played in the Met back then. They're not the purple people eaters of that day and era. I'm so sick of hearing people talking about the purple people eaters, but I guess it's relevant now. They so, are good. They're relevant. It's yeah, relevant. It's a defense. Right. So the rest of these guys, I mean, this defense is great. DeAndre Hopkins should see Xavier Rhodes. you got to temper your expectations with him. I mean, over the last two weeks, he's, he shut out, what, Kelvin Benjamin and then held 80 ODB to three cut. <laughs> ADD? Yeah. Hey, whatever. I o- mean, he plays like he's got some, but I can't go there. JDD. Uh, I, was calling o- I was calling ODB ADD, just saying. Exactly. <laughs> So, and then we'll get to him three, when we get to UBJ, him. UBJ, Uncle John's band. Yes. Three catches for 23 yards. Um, so he's doing a great job of holding these guys down, and he missed the first couple games when they got beat a little bit by the passing games. So I'm worried about Hopkins. I think he's more of a wide receiver two this week. And he's kind of a tough guy to rank you know, this week because he could be held down to nothing. And then Will Fuller, they might just play a lot of coverage over to his side, you know, deep. We'll see. Um, this could be like a Ryan Griffin game where he gets eight, eight, eight catches. But they're also tough against tight ends. But I'm glad you brought this up, though, because um, it, you know, I, I put them both. Or uh, CJ Fedorowicz is the guy that splashed last week, made the big touchdown catch. He was in my waiver wire piece this week under smoke and mirrors. Okay, this guy's a big blocking tight end. That was just the benefit of a nice catch. He has great size, so you're going to get an occasional splash like that. Ryan Griffin is still the better tight end there. You look at what Minnesota did. Um, Fedorowicz is probably going to have to be out there more just in order to block, just because. Did you, did you guys what about see? his injury? His injury? Yeah, Fedorowicz went down with an injury late in that game. Uh, I haven't heard very much since it was just late. Like since it was just late last night, something you're going to have to monitor. Go I'll check on it. Okay. Well, at the same time, he's a guy that you weren't going to play anyway. <laughs> but, but I was going to say, did you see how Larry Donnell got blown up and, oh. and concussed on that blocking play against the Vikings? I am genuinely so, concerned. That's why you need a guy like Fedora with his size. I, I am genuinely concerned about Larry Donnell's health. I, you hate that guy. <laughs> no, I'm concerned about his health. Now you like him. Well, that's why, no, no, that's why you like Will Ty. We'll, we'll talk well, about that later, but I've been... No. Donnell's not... <laughs> well... For getting the targets, so what the Will Tide did at the end of last season. Let's move on. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's, to, Houston, let's yeah. quickly talk to the, about the Vikings. Sam Bradford, not re, not really fantasy relevant. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, McKinnon obviously had his best game of the season last night, making it so you pretty much. I mean, he's got the patience. He's got the moves. Had a night. Had a nice game last night. Got that touchdown. I'm an owner. I think a bunch of us are. 
Uh, I, I'm playing. I'm excited about. I'm, I'm excited about the trajectory for him. You have to because look at the whole fact of this. They're trusting him now. Um, yes, the Asiata, the vulture, got a touchdown, but he had six carries for six yards. Yeah. All right, two catches for 12. This is not a guy that, that's inspiring anything. They're giving, well, what was it, 21 carries, I think, that McKinnon had? So they were like, they're feeding him the ball. You have Stephon Diggs, who is a bona fide playmaker out there. Um, as far as the other guys that they have at the wide receiver position, it's, you know, Charles Johnson, who... He had the one big catch early in the game, then really didn't do much of anything else. And you have still Adam. one of the best plays I've seen out of him. Best play I've seen out of him in two years. A hand catch. Yeah. Didn't have. Did, was able to catch it, reel it in, and make a nice sidestep to get another, you know, ten yards. It looked. It looked. It looked pretty good. But the guy who's actually been more impressive out there is has been the guy working in the slots, Adam Thielen. Yeah. You know, now he didn't. He had like the one catch for 18 yards. He had two catches on the game. Yeah. Um, nothing spectacular, but this is kind of the way that they're rolling. But the guy that you can, so that's a guy that I would keep my eye on because he's one of those guys that'll be on the waiver wire pretty much throughout the entire season. But if you look at matchups, right, you see how they're starting to use him. It's kind of like. It, it, this is like the, the we go around the league. You got the Jamison Crowder you mentioned earlier, the Cole Beasley, the Adam Humphreys, the the Thielen. These are all these these guys that are that same mold. That when the matchup's right, you can really take advantage of it. But a guy who Bradford's taking advantage of on a weekly basis lately has been Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph, Rudolph yeah. You know, now third, third most targets at the position. Uh, you know, second in points. You can't oh. you can't sit Kyle Rudolph, yeah. no. even though Houston has not given up a hundred total yards to the tight end position. I don't care what you tell me. You can not sit Kyle Rudolph in a standard or PPR league. You can not play him in DF- DFS. That's definitely your prerogative. Yeah, it's not the greatest matchup. Things aren't lining up, but maybe you can try and play. Um, other than that, oh guys. You guys didn't even talk about Cordell Pera. Cordell yeah, Pera. Yeah, I know he reemerged. Yeah, no, it looks like. In the, and there was it, because there's no other real play. Because Charles Johnson, even though it was a great play, is not a. He made play. two great plays. You're underselling. Okay. Two under. Overselling the bad. But I agree. Zimmer. They said you know we heard we heard Chucky uh, you know say Zimmer told Nor get this guy involved. Get friggin' Cordell involved. There's a first rounder four years ago. Had what eleven touchdowns or something? I always screw up rookie touchdowns, but a lot of nine touchdowns or eleven touchdowns in his rookie year, and all of a sudden he just vanished. They stopped thinking about him. Remember, he was in all the fantasy commercials after his rookie year. He was like an elite up and comer, and then all of a sudden now they're like, oh, let's just forget about him. Zimmer's like, fuck that. This guy's got the talent. He's got the skills. Let's get the guy the ball. Let's hurry up though. And um, but Rudolph's where it's at. You yep. know, obviously. Number two right now. I He's mean, always the guy that scores touchdowns. Because remember when he had the, his great year? I think he only had like 476 receiving yards. So now that he's getting yards, and he's always had the pension for scoring. What has happened with Rudolph is he gets injured on like one of the most incredible plays every season. Like you're like, that is the greatest touchdown ever. He broke his leg. He <laughs> did something. At least, at least he catches it. Yeah, but this is definitely- Bradford is going. He that is his 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 security blanket. And he loves him. So, uh, Kyle Rudolph, if you picked him up or you drafted him late, kudos to you. Enjoy him. Anything else on this one? Let's move on to the Jets and Steelers. 
Jets and Steelers. Let's do it. Um, all right. So what's going on with the Jets? Is this Fitzpatrick is sucking? Yeah. What else? I read an art, I read a, a quote today and said Marshall says he'll stick with the sinking ship. It was kind of like probably it was probably misquoted or like taken out of context. But he's gonna stick with Fitzpatrick no matter what. Like I am just I'm just smelling a Marshall uh, Fitzpatrick a la um, Cutler two years ago. She's going to start calling them out, and they're going to not be buddies anymore. It happens every time. Well, this was the this was my concern with Marshall, right? Is that you look at the Jets now? They're one and three. Here's a guy that's never played on a playoff team. Probably not going to be playing on a playoff team this year because the other problem is that Marshall's not the guy you want in the locker room when you're one and three because he's he. Calls everybody out, but doesn't take responsibility for his own shit. He, he stirs up the pot. He does all this stuff. Let's move on. We know we've it's, done this. But we, you know, we need to break this uh, right You guys this. rag on Brandon Marshall. I'm telling you, you got Jeffrey like a chick job. He's a goddamn cancer. More he's a goddamn cancer. Yeah, why let it go? You need some more. Okay, well, let's move on. I and he's dinged up. So I'm Yeah, dinged up and then beating Richard Sherman for four catches for 89 yards, but then being held without pretty much a catch in that second half. Uh, I think he had 89 yards, four catches for 89 yeah. yards and a touchdown at the half. Didn't get anything done. I think Richard Sherman had one or two picks. Yeah. Uh, the rest of that game went covering him. So scheming. Uh, uh, we'll go on. Okay. Besides so, that, is Eric Decker coming back this season? I have no idea. They're not telling us. That scares me. Uh, partially torn rotator cuff. My friends have all had this injury. You know, one way or another, you can't even raise your arm past this point without your shoulder displacing. So I don't really like it for a wide receiver who has to go up and catch the ball. Um, outside of that, Quincy and Nunwa, tough matchup. Uh, it's a little bit better. No, it's not. I lied. Um, <laughs> it might be better this week against Pittsburgh. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. But Pittsburgh's you know, an opportunistic defense where they will take the ball away. So that's the only thing that's concerning. Let me, let me jump in here quick on Anunua because this is one of those things where it's like it's a blessing and it could be a curse at the same time because how he was so impactful early on was, okay, we just got to shut down Marshall and Decker. So we put everybody on them and then all of a sudden Anunua's working underneath. Now, yes, he's going to get more targets, but at the same time he's having to work harder because he's got a tougher guy that he's going against now that he's moved up and facing the number two corner on a team. Yeah, but they still like to use him in the slot. Like, his position really hasn't changed. And he's also, well, did you see what they were doing with him, too? They even used him as an H-back. So they're using him in the backfield. Um, you know, is he going to get, like, one of those weird carries every once in a while? You never know. You know, he does have that big body, so he's a good blocker, too. So, yeah, you can, you can kind of put him in line. And I think that's the key. I think if they're smart with him, don't just make him do what Decker did. Keep moving him around and, and, and let him be him. Yeah, he's in no way as polished as Decker. Derek's, no. uh, Decker's an underrated receiver who just gets things done on the outside or in the slot, wherever they line him up. He knows what's going on. Uh, outside of that, you know, the other wide receivers aren't fantasy relevant. ASJ came signed, what, Monday last week after being picked up on waivers. Can I shit on Marshall Moore? My favorite quote of last week was, Brandon Marshall is going to take ASJ under his wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
That's funny. Fair enough. I was like, I was like, oh, it should work out great for everyone involved. <laughs> Woody, Woody Johnson, you're fucked. I did have the same thought. You wanna play well? Okay. <laughs> uh, the real question is, it's a giant question because nobody has any idea. Matt Forte and Matt Forte, you know, being carved into an exit room after the game. I don't have any idea what's going on with Matt Forte, but if Bilal Powell's on your waiver wire, you need to pick him up immediately. I don't know if he'd somehow get a full complement of carries, but if you can, you know, what's the, what's their third back? Like Pope? Trayvon Pope? Or... Uh, it's not good. John Paul II? Uh, <laughs> Benedict? It's not good. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Who's the guy? Bilal Powell? You're pretty good, You're pretty good at that, Reggio. Uh, yeah, I, I know my Pope. <laughs> the law would be. John Paul II rescinded the uh, the thing that said the Jews were responsible for killing Christ. So thank you uh, for for uh, way to get Second Vatican, yeah. Second Vatican. So thank you for that. I was worried that it's not political. I was worried that Benedict was going to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Pope that we got now. So <laughs> keep going. You want to go ahead and bow, everything? Your parents get a divorce and they wait until after your birthday to tell you. Alright, let's move on. I couldn't from hear that. Your parents getting a divorce and they'll wait until after your birthday to tell you. <laughs> let's go over to the Steelers side of the ball. Juggernaut. I is mean, excellent? every other week. They're playing at home this week, which is good. Uh, they're playing at home, which is good. It seemed to work out well for them. Uh, you know, against Kansas City on the Sunday night. Uh, they're now getting, you know, the New York Jets who have been toasted against receivers all season, and they just don't seem to have any continuity. They're just, oh, by the way, I thought you were supposed to cover him. No, I thought you were supposed to cover him. And then suddenly there's a streaking player 60 yards down the field. So if I had to bet on a week for Sammy Coates to get his first touchdown, I'm probably going to bet this week. Um, Outside of that, you know, Antonio Brown's Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell looked like Le'Veon Bell. D'Angelo Williams played just 18% of the snaps, but did get a short score. So... When you look at Antonio Brown, I look at this one as, come on, please tell me that Daryl Revis is going to shadow him all day. No, because Daryl Revis is questionable. But even when he's healthy, he's not guarding anybody right now. No. So that would almost be like the blessing in disguise because it's like Antonio can deal with his, you know, fist jabbing at at the line. I think with his quickness and just, it's over. If I had to play Antonio Brown, I'd be questionable too. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Damn right. I, I agree. You can pretty much, I think you fire up all the guys you know on Pittsburgh, probably including Jesse James. Other than that, you know, are you going to, maybe this week's the week for Coates. He seemed to be playing a little bit more, getting targeted a little bit more. Marcus Wheaton. Doesn't he have four catches already over 40 yards this yeah, season? Yeah, but he hasn't scored, which is surprising. So, but he's got that, you know, when you're when you're looking at that Martavis Bryant loss, where I'm not, I don't, Coates doesn't hold the snuff to Martavis Bryant, but he's getting that long play, which is what opens everything for James, Le'Veon, and obviously Antonio. You gotta, you gotta consider. It. And the other thing that you have going for him is that a guy that was potentially eating into him, uh, Darius Hayward Bay, had a shoulder injury in the game last week. So. And two weeks ago, when he, fin- when he finally came back, Wheaton dropped more balls than... Wheaton actually looked okay last week, though. But A teenager in puberty? I was... I, was, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how to say it, but I was... Got, well, first, I was dropped more balls, and I was thinking, 
thinking Porky's. I was thinking high school. I was trying to glance over that. You know, you tell me something bigger. That was a nice comment. I figured it's better just shut up. <laughs> Didn't want to talk about a bunch of high school balls. Well, uh, that for the off, that's what you got to wait for in the off season. It's like Billy Madison. Did you see that? Those are old balls. <laughs> is that All Billy right. Madison or is that Big Yeah, Daddy? Billy Madison where he pushed over the the the, uh, the bench. Oh, okay. So, that, so, that both, so Big Daddy's also, I bet that Big guy Daddy has was old the guy with ball. the old balls. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like Sandler likes old balls. He does, or he's afraid of old balls. Let's talk about what are maybe the most exciting games of the weekend. Yeah, let's move on. Before we do so, though, let's keep the light on. Singular light? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it nice in here? Not as far. When I started the show, when I first moved in here, I got to let give the little scenario. We literally had like two lights in like, dude, this place is dark. I'm two like, lights and track lighting that are like the smallest track lights that are only over your island, which farthest, is nowhere near where we are. Farthest thing away. But now we're getting, it's coming together. The whole joint's coming together. Now I just need to get my art up on the walls. And um, have the trains moved to different routes. Yes. Good luck. And, <laughs> well, let's move on to this great matchup. Hey, I agree. Hey, I need to say something. Go We're in the afternoon games, and Houdini cannot bitch because he's got four afternoon games again. I feel like the NFL has finally figured out. I haven't gone ahead to look for every week right now, but I, I probably should. They're but getting better. They're getting better. Wait, the real question is, is there a Tampa Bay afternoon game that's going to get a lightning warning in the middle of it, and then you can't even watch the end? It's going to be Monday Night night Football. football. I know, I know, but I just had to smash a little bit on the Tampa. It's been been a burden for me on my waiver wire piece, because I get all my other guys done. I'm trying to cook dinner and get ready for the evening game, and then I have, wait, six minutes and 52 seconds left of football. It's coming on, and it ended, it ended like literally about two minutes before the Sunday night game. Uh, took this off. is Houdini cooking dinner. Uh, Stouffer's uh, macaroni and cheese. There's six hundred. There's six minutes and fifty-two seconds you before wish. I have to pull off that little cellophane. I'm kidding. <laughs> I after the wedding, we got all these like cool like utensils and you're and the cook, not the wife. I'm the cook, yeah. So, so like, Houdini uses the pizzazz. <laughs> like, you know, you go to your herb garden and then you can take your time and cook and enjoy yourself. Which herb garden are you talking about? <laughs> Don't worry about that. You know what herb garden I'm talking Atlanta, about. Atlanta, Denver. There we go. Alright. Yeah, so, my herb garden's in Denver. Fair enough. Alright. Come on, let's reel it in here, fellas. Um, first late game, good times, Falcons are the number one offense. And what works really well when that happens is when your defense is basically third to last. So, you have to score a lot of points, and they seem to be doing it. Remember a week ago on the show, I said, you guys both thought that, or I know you, you I thought, thought I thought Carolina you, was You guys roll. thought Carolina was going to be able, and I, I wasn't positive, but I said, if they roll on offense, then we just have to know they're legit. So we can all sit here in the do room we, now. I don't know. Do we know that they're legit? They have to go against Denver this weekend. They are going to score points. They are going to score points. Well, give it to the... Here's, here's Offensively, they're legit. Here's here's the difference. At least for... I agree with you, Stiggs. This one proves more. At least they have familiarity. They're used to playing against Carolina twice a year, every year. So that's one of those things. 
Whereas Denver is, okay, now let's match up. Denver, pieces. on the road, yeah. in the altitude, and your one of your main running backs has the sickle cell trait, and he's unknown if he's going to play. He's got to see what risks Tevin Coleman has to his own health by playing in Denver. You know, this, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either, so I will bench Tevin Coleman off my team this week. I mean, this could be a game. I, mean, he I might, guess we talked about that a year ago. I mean, he might not play but it's the we'll altitude. See. That's that's the thing. Gee, yeah, I don't know. I get it. But that's crazy. It was. I, it used to be the shower that was the thing. Now it's the altitude. That sucks. But this team is. This team is it, it offensively is going. It's going to score points. I, I just think that. And if not, we'll so see. be it. I mean, this is their toughest matchup of the season. This is the major yeah. barometer. This is strength versus strength. This is top scoring unit in the league on offense versus top scoring defense in the league. This is one of the best offensive lions in the league versus, you know, arguably the greatest defensive line in the league. This is the best corners in the league versus the greatest wide receiver of the generation arguably. Um, we'll see. This is strength on strength. You know, what's interesting though, it's like when you look at this vaunted offense that they have though, have you seen Mohamed Sanu really do anything? Not no. since week one. He right. was a top 12 receiver then. You know, so what's interesting, so when I look at this, is uh, the, the real other weapons outside of the running backs and Julio Jones have been the tight ends. And what's interesting is, and this is one of those ones where it's like, I don't know that I like any of them this week when we're talking about a Jacob Tammy or an Austin Hooper, but Austin Hooper is a guy that I think that if you're in a deeper league and he's sitting down on the waiver wire, you better pay attention to him because he's... Getting, he's only had like what one or two catches in each game, but they're going for 40 yards. He had the 40 yard touchdown. He's that bigger play receiver. Tammy is what Tammy is, and as Hooper develops and becomes a better blocker and all these other things, he's going to start eating into the amount of snaps that Jacob Tammy is seeing on the field. And he's already showed you the big playability, so you know he's got good talent. Definitely. So when you're looking at Denver, though, Akib Talib is allowing a 26.3 passer rating. Opposing quarterbacks would be better throwing the ball away than throwing into Aqib Tlaib's coverage. The only thing that Aqib Tlaib has done wrong this season is shoot himself in the leg. Now that Dallas PD finally ruled that he shot himself. But uh, also, on the outside, Denver is allowing 39 of 80 targets to receivers complete. Under half for 443 yards and one touchdown. Like, if you're, I don't know if you can downgrade Julio at all. He's still a number one wide receiver. But this is, this is temper expectations. We saw it with Mike Evans, who was on such a roll. Got- I'm, I'm, going, I'm going the same way almost, I think, that I didn't really mention with the Texans against the Vikings. I think Lamar Miller's going to have a big game. I still think Julio Jones is going to have a big game. I think it's one of those moments where when you bottle up the, the – when you get on a run – like maybe Baldwin had last year, like players have done, and like Julio have done, like Odell. I think you just kind of get on that run and just everything kind of – I get it. Tlaib is amazing. Their defense is amazing. But I just think that the, they're just going to find a way to make big plays. And, and here, here's the one thing I want to say. Here's the only thing I'll say about the rest of this game. We know Julio Jones my favorite player. I texted you after a second catch. His second catch, which was he already had like two catches. I texted him, Julio is gonna have a huge game today. 
and oh lordy. And that just talking about how we text each other during the game. I just I just saw it in his eyes. Amazing game. He's the sixth guy ever to have over 300 yards. In my league, he scored 78 points. Yeah, he sent me that. Matt Ryan scored 69. Unbelievable. Nice. 69. <laughs> But it's pretty, pretty uh, freaking incredible. So the only uh, six wideout ever to record a 300-yard game before it, Flipper Anderson, who still holds the record with 336. Calvin Johnson, 329 a couple years ago. Stephon Page, remember that guy oh, from yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs? When the Kansas City Chiefs threw the ball. 309. Uh, Jim Benton, don't know who the hell he is, 303. And uh, Cloyce Box with yeah. 302. Basically, Cloyce Box. Cloyce Box. Hey, that, That's a sweet name. That it is. And that's the first pair. Choice box? That's what I'm looking for. That's why I haven't had a girlfriend long time. <laughs> and that's also the first wide receiver. Uh, Government grade. Quarterback combo to have a 500-yard passing game and a 300-yard receiving game in the same game, which seems sort of surprising. Right? Like, yeah. So you're throwing for 300 yards, so that's like 75% of your total yards if you've never been up over 500? Agreed. 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 Well, um, that should be exciting. What do you? I think we need to kind of speed it up a little bit. So if you got so anything else, go with it. So it depends on Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I mean, I, I, you think equal snaps, and if he sits, it's it could be a big week for Devonta Freeman. And this is a game that lines up fairly well to where they can either run up the middle or just throw him dump offs because that might. Devonta Freeman in space is probably a better matchup than throwing to wide receivers other than Julio. Like, Devonta Freeman could get five to eight catches in this game and return value. I don't think that he's a guy you could sit in this game. And if Tevin Coleman plays, I temper expectations. I'm a little worried. Like, I just, if he's, he's coming out and telling the media that he's worried about it and that he needs to do the research, that scares me that he's worried about it. He's going to be thinking about that all game. Even if he does play, like that just worries me. But, I agree. I mean, as it's a, a long season, and if they end up, this is a team that's. I think they're, they're what they're three and are they four and zero? No, they're three and one. They lost three and one. They lost. So the only four and zero teams are Denver and and Vikings. Okay, uh, but Philly they're yeah, three and zero. Philly's three and zero. But they gotta they gotta just keep his workload down. It's not worth it. Risking any sort of a big action for him. Let's move, the other side. Let's move over to the other side, starting with quarterback. It sounds like they're going to start uh, Simeon. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> what do you, it, if they don't start him and he can go, does it mean that the Paxton Lynch era has arrived? I mean, they're going to start him if he's healthy. That, that, that's it. They've already said that if Simeon's healthy, he's their starter. I mean, he's looked good. He looked good in last week's game before going out. But uh, this is John. This, this is, is John This is a different. Here's the difference when you're talking about Paxton Lynch. Or, he can tell. Who, he can tell the media in the world who, whether somebody's healthy or not. But but here's the whether here's the difference true. when you when you think about well, if Paxton Lynch does it does it to his detriment that he becomes you know starter for a game and then becomes benched again and becomes the backup. No, no, he's not a first round draft pick. Yeah, he not, is. Yeah, he is. Oh, that's right. He was the third one taken in the yeah, first round. Yeah, he's the first round. Ah, he's twenty. But I still agree with your first part that he's it. It's, it doesn't stump him by if, if Simeon goes back in. It doesn't stump him. Because let's be honest, Simeon's going to get hurt again, and Pax is still going to get his point. Well, Pax is still their long term. He's still their long term. No question. Vision. 
So, well, my argument was was skewed though because I was gonna be like, well, if it's Jared Goff, that's a detriment if you like. I think he starts twenty six. He was the twenty six or twenty eight. Twenty yeah, somewhere late twenties. So. Yeah, they traded up. But he looks great. And he yeah. looked great in the preseason. He, he's got this energy and this command. He looked good last week. He looked, he came in and he looked great. He, I mean, I, here's the thing. I mean, I, body can I, right now the reason why they want to lean on Simeon, they just don't want to put the extra pressure on Lynch. Because, look, you're a defending Super Bowl champion team, right? So you're off to a good start. You don't want to put him in a situation where all of a sudden you lose two games and then Everything then rides on him, and you can just destroy him mentally. So why would you want to necessarily do it? Let, let Simeon get destroyed, and then he'd become the savior. You put him in a better situation. You put him in a, as a manager, you put him in a, in a situation to succeed as opposed to uh, a, a, a no-win situation. Here's what I'll say, and it's a beautiful thing that, that the Broncos have, and one of the reasons why they're successful. John Elway, one of the best quarterbacks that ever lived, Two-time Super Bowl champion has done a great job. Great job with this franchise. He's got his right-hand man, who was his backup quarterback, that was his offensive coordinator when he was winning the Super Bowls. The one thing I think that this team does, as well as any team in the league, I think the Patriots and all the great teams do it, is communication. And if Paxton Lynch goes into that room and is sitting down talking to Elway, talking to um, Kubiak, and saying, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I want this. I need this. There's, there's going to be a different angle than if he says, hey, whatever's best for the team, I'm ready to keep learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that in general, I think that communication where Paxton's like, I don't want to relinquish this. I'm not saying that, that he's calling the shots. But I think that you're going to have, he's going to leave the room, and Elway and, and Kubiak are going to be looking at each other like, well, let me ask you a question. Just, we, our defense is so good. Let's just have this guy fucking But let me, let me ask you a question. Who is the leader, do you think, on, in that Denver Bronco offensive team? Gary Kubiak. Does it have to be him? Because is, it, 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 can, it, it really, is C.J. Anderson the guy who's a leader no. who just got re-signed? Really probably. Is Demarius, Demarius Thomas? probably. Is, maybe one of the Bengals but silent. But these are, is, is, what does it say unless your receiver is Jerry Rice or someone like that? Do you really want a wide receiver running in your locker room? It should be the quarterback, but I don't think it is right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. He seems like he's <laughs> a leader and he demands respect from that team. I mean, they're 4-0 with him at, as the starting quarterback. Yeah. How do you really say, hey, you're not the starting quarterback? Like, he hasn't done anything wrong to lose the job. No, he had a 400 yard game, four, four, touch, yeah. four touchdown yeah. game two weeks ago. Yeah. I, I agree. I, just, I think it's going to be interesting. We'll see. If he is injured and they say he's injured, he can't go. Put an asterisk by it. It might be. It might be LA being like, hold on. I want to see if. I want to see if my genius is genius. And how about because, the fact that because the Northwestern guy will be like, you know, I'll, I'll be. I'll be tied up here yeah. for the next eight years in this situation. Yeah, damn okay. right. I never thought I'd be in the NFL in the first place. How about the fact that potentially the two best teams in the NFL from the best team from the AFC and NFC are two ridiculous defensive teams with meh at quarterback. How about the, that fact, and then all the undefeated teams left are all starting new quarterbacks this season? It's crazy. Which is weird. It's exciting. Usually it's, it's all about offensive continuity. That's why you watch it, because it's different all the time. Let's talk about the running back situation and... C.J. Anderson, top ten play, the receivers, 
both wide receiver twos, Emmanuel Sanders being targeted more in the red zone than Demarius Thomas. But they're both they both had two big games in a row. Um, you can't really deny either of those, and they get Atlanta. And the thing is, whoever's the starting at quarterback is an interesting play this week, especially in like DFS. They're at home. They're favorites. Uh, gonna have to put up points. Gonna have to put up points. And basically, Atlanta's defense is turning opposing, you know, quarterbacks into Matt Ryan. Yeah. Like Matt Ryan's stat line is what they're giving up to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, so far on the season, thirteen passing touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders is the eighth ranked wide receiver so far. I gotta stop hating on that guy. Yeah. He's just he, he's he's getting. Yeah, he signed he signed paper. Yeah, well, he's, he's he got paid. So he got paid. And he got still performing. I, I always give him shit, but he, he, he's better than I give him credit for. So I got shit. Last thing I want to say here on this game for uh, just for foreshadowing purposes and for waiver wire, Devonta Booker. Is still out there. He, you know, C.J. Anderson is the guy. He's still getting carries. Yeah. So seven carries this last week, thirty yards. He's been effective. This is one of those things. If you're a C.J. Anderson owner and you got that extra last spot and you're holding it with like a Chris Hogan or something like that, just grab Booker and cover your ass. Yeah. Because why risk it? This guy will get the same workload that that C.J. Anderson's getting if Anderson were to go down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Booker is a stud muffin. Out of college, look at just a, a beast of a back. So it's almost perfect. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. Let's move on to the next game. Cool? Sure. All right. Let me give a quick pyro promo. Fuck you. All right. Let's go to the Bengals at the Cowboys. Uh, well, before we get there, let me just have a Mel Birdie. You do realize that light skinned hoe is a hoe. <laughs> Alright. You can't understand it, but you'll, you'll, I know, you'll listen to here. I, I love listening to the actors. We got three late games. Alright, we got the Bengals at the Cowboys. Whew, we got so far two out of four AJ Green dominations. The guy's a parent, the guy's newly married, the guy is unstoppable. Um, he's so much better than his uh, Georgia Bulldogs are playing, I'll tell you that much. Well, that's fine. Oh man, they, guy, freshman quarterback went out there and threw a what deep shot hail mary. Hey, 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 hey. my wife went to Georgia. Up. Her entire family are Georgia people. They don't listen to my pockets except maybe my brother-in-law. Sorry, because Mike was at the game. Sorry, buddy, that was heartbreaking. But I gotta throw a little shade. Just come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Let's talk about the Bengals. Uh, and this is another one of those games. This is two games in a row. Let's try and keep it going so we don't go too far, too long. But um, uh, let's let's have let's have uh, let's have fun with this one because it's a fantasy football uh, dynamo of, of, of an outing. I'm, I don't know about this game. This one's interesting to me. This is one of those ones that kind of to me. I agree with you. It kind of looks like it could be great on paper for one of those games, and I think it just could be a pretty. Pretty slow, boring run, game, run-based game. Yeah, Andy Dalton throwing to AJ Green, maybe getting Tyler Eifert back. Tyler Eifert comes back, it becomes immensely more interesting. And when are we going to find out that news? Because I'm one of these guys who, in a league, is an owner who owns Kobe Fleener and Tyler Eifert, and so I got Fleener on by, and I need to know by tomorrow, do I need to make a move? 
and pick up a tight end. All signs have pointed to Tyler Eifert returning this That's week. what I'm... Okay. I mean, they held him. They thought he might have been ready he, before that Thursday night game. Like, uh, hey, it's Miami. It's 10 days. Let's hold, let's hold out Tyler Eifert. He's been getting in a little bit more full practices so far this week. So that's encouraging. I think Eifert's going to be back. And going up against Dallas, you know, you could fire Eifert up right away. What I also really like about it is the fact that there has not been anything outside of A.J. Green that's really been distinguished in in that wide receiving core. So you know, as a Tyler Eifert owner, that you can plug him in there and he's going to get targets early. Maybe not like a lot of downfield targets, but he'll get targets. And I think he'll get those downfield targets. And more importantly, we've seen their struggles in the red zone. Yeah. And, hey, after three rushing attempts, you know, pretty much every time in the red zone, that they try to throw the ball and they're not very successful. So, you know he's going to get those, which is encouraging. So, I think you can fire up Tyre Eifert up. You can fire up A.J. Green. What do you do with the running back situation? Uh, you know, I still like the, I still like what the hell's doing. He's, he's he has some great, great moments. He just doesn't look so great within the, at, on the Super Goal line. I mean, I I, I think that is isn't the, that surprising too? Like the, that was kind of he's building like the way, that, the way that he played in that rookie year. Everything was always whenever he got hit, the pile would go two or three yards forward. Kind of like Alfred Morris was always that way too. And then when it comes to the goal line, it's like. He's always now. Is it? It can't always be him because a lot of times his offensive line is just failing him, and he's getting tackled two and three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he, but but the problem with him there is that he does not have that that quick agility to be able to shake that that guy, and he just goes down. I mean, I still think Hill's a good play this week. He's, an R, he's a good RB two. He's a good RB. Well, he's a boomer bust RB two. Yeah. He, he could be good. He could give you 50 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. A touchdown. Like, yeah, he's a touchdown-dependent RB2. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that's the boomer bust to his game. Gio Bernard up and down so far this season, not really a consistent threat. But this could be another good game against, you know, Dallas. You know, their defense doesn't scare anybody. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. In Dak, we trust. I'm hearing, uh, did you guys see Jerry Jones? Some some fan threw a, threw a helmet at him for his signature. Jerry, sign my helmet. Literally, like, hit him in the head. <laughs> like the guy that threw the shoe at Bush? Yeah. It was well, for- Bush was agile enough to duck it and be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I Jerry got hit in the head with the helmet. It was pretty funny. He signed it. <laughs> he signed it. He did sign it. He signed it and sent it back. Yeah. Oh, did you, did you? Did you see the guys, like the security guys, just looking around at him, like, oh my, oh my God, Jerry just got hit in the face. What do we do? Oh my <laughs> God. Think about that. If he signed it, you got a double signature. You could probably take that into a lab and get some DNA off of there as well. Oh, I would have. I would have. that old skin had to peel off on that helmet. I would have grabbed the helmet after it came and taken a deuce in it, <laughs> thrown it back up, and like, I own this fucking place. But that's why probably I don't own that place. So, <laughs> Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, you believe in Ezekiel? As I said, I just wouldn't, was not going to buy into Ezekiel Elliott as my number one draft pick to, to build my team around. Do I think he has talent? Yes. Was that the San Francisco 49ers? No, but you know, now week? you buy in. Yes. And you, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not 100% bought in and sold because, again, my whole quandary and, and problems with him was... I think he'll give it to you for 10 weeks, and I think that when you're going to need him the most, 
weeks 11 through through 16, I think you're going to be disappointed. So I have to reserve my full judgment on that's when it was it was my contention was he's going to carry you, he's going to give you a good burst, and then when you need him the most in the fantasy playoffs at the end of your season, you're not going to have him. So I'll reserve judgment till then. <laughs> All right. I guess that's all I'm getting, but I like what he's doing so far. No, I like the thing. It. The thing is, t- in the temps, leads in yards. Yeah. Thing is, Tony Romo is going to come back by then, and that's only going to be a boost to Ezekiel Elliott. Is that going to happen? Is, is, oh yeah. What Romo's coming back? What week? Week weekend. And when's when's Dez? He's maybe automatic. week nine. And he's automatically the starter yes. of the day. Oh, and when's such Dez? Such a bad decision for that team. And then by week thirteen, when he breaks the battle again. Oh, Jack, sorry. You're, you're back in. We're, we're going to give up on Roma. And I love Roma more than you guys. I'm the biggest Roma fan in the room. But this is a game that I think you've got to find out a lot about Ezekiel Elliott, though, because the Bengals are a tough defense to run on. And you're going to have them saying, go ahead, Dak, you beat us. And especially if Dez is not playing, which does not look like he is. But how many, you know, he's. Is he going to be out for two more weeks this week? Or I'm not gonna... sure if Dez isn't playing. He just has a bone bruise in his knee. Apparently, all the reports about hairline fracture were false. Yeah. So why am I really concerned about Dez playing? A... Like he was ready to play in San Francisco after he traveled there. Like you, de- you Desbian just like came in your pants. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're looking at one right here, and I hope you're right. In my 16 team league, we're right? not looking at one. You are the one. I know, but you know what? You're the king of the Des. But I have not owned him now. I own him now. <laughs> and my 16-team league where we can start two quarterbacks or do all that weird stuff, and I have Winston, I have Phillip Rivers, and I have Carson Wentz in the reserve roster. I just traded Phillip Rivers and got a second-round rookie draft pick next year for Des Bryant. Nice. Nice work, buddy. Nice work. I hate Des Bryant. So I want him to yeah. play because I need him in the lineup right Of course now. you do. Who doesn't? Um, Winton coming down after week one. Uh, he's the only guy that's played 100% of the snaps in the league. Still getting heavily, well, outside of quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, only non-quarterbacks. Position player. Yeah, yeah. special but player. Th- that's very sort of encouraging. He's always out there, and he's always a safety blanket. But we, we've we now seen that his upside on a weekly basis is sort of capped. We, we sort of know that. He's, what, 34, 33 years old now? Dude's old. Like, his weekly upside is just not huge anymore. And he was never really a touchdown dominator to begin with to where he was scoring two or three times a week. This offense, you know, it's going to run through Ezekiel Elliott again. They are going to get plenty of work to him. The question is, does he score? Well, I just want to throw in here because – the guy that was the the hot to trot, everyone thought was going to be the big play in DFS this last week. He really didn't do anything. He, he saved me in one league where he moved me actually from 15th to 11th position on a, a 100-man tournament with his 47-yard catch at the end of the game, Cole Beasley. And they seemed like they were like, okay, you know what? We realized Cole Beasley needs a guy like Des Bryant out there for him to be extremely effective. And then they were game planning for him because this is another guy who I had in my waiver wire, and you mentioned him earlier, as a, and I have him as a smoke and mirrors guy, Bryce Butler. All right, so Butler was a guy that came in, made a couple of these flashes because Beasley's drawing the attention of Butler just snuck in. This is not something that you're going to be able to count on. Um, and the other th- same thing, too, with a guy who's on the waiver wire as well, Terrence Williams. <laughs> it's, it's Terrence Williams' game. It, it, it really is. I was behind this guy early in his career, and 
God, you guys are so right. He's just such a frustrating guy. He really only has about like two routes that he can run, and he doesn't run them very well. But he'll make uh, a touchdown catch with his size. But you know, four. He's like a nice guy, and the team likes him. So whenever he fucks up, they're like, "You're." He's like, a, he's like the little brother on the on the wide receiver on that team on that offense. His splits, though, just without Des Bryant, are pretty insane. So like, if Des is out, you could start Terrence Williams. He averages like eighty yards, seventy-five to eighty yards a game. And yeah. Like a third of a touchdown. So and then Jess comes back good, and he becomes good enough. irrelevant. So this is one of those things too where you realize yeah. if you're a guy that owns him and he does have like a splash game while Des is out, if Des misses one more week, then try to trade him right now because it's like let people think whatever they're gonna think, but the value is just decreases immensely. Pretty much. Uh, Terrence Williams is seven fantasy points. 6.7, 7.3, 6.8, 6.9 in his four-year career. He's, like, he's that's who he is. He is seven fantasy points on a weekly basis. So he goes into my category, and I don't know if I had him there, uh, what you see is what you get. Yes. What you see is what you get now. And Houdini is going to be delivering a little quick pyro promo. Houdini's putting out bitch that's laps exactly this week. We're a quarter of the way through the year, and Pete Houdini's doing his butch, bitch laugh. Holla for a dollar. we got a lot of people out there that love that piece. It's pretty funny, and it shows you who are the guys you went high on and are crapping and deserve a bitch laugh. Houdini's going to tell you. Uh, and, and there will be, I'm going to have to create just like an honorable mention for like, because I usually don't let injuries play into this, and I don't want there to be a caveat there. A guy gets injured. I'm not going to put him in there, but I have to put the honorable mentions, especially because basically I have one of my four leagues. I've just been decimated, and, and this is a league where we don't have weekly pickups, so I'm just like screwed beyond belief. Adrian Peterson, Keenan Allen as my first two picks. Dante Moncrief, before I took either in the fourth or fifth round, I've just been shell-shocked. Well, I'm going well, so, so to... So, to my, to my I team... I well, hold on, hold on. To my team, the Jerusalem Crazy Jews, I give you and your owner, <laughs> who is me, a giant bitch slap. <laughs> Idiot drafter. I can get behind that stag party. Uh, let's give Houdini a big bitch slap. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You wanted to. Thank For a long time. Ah, ah. So, that stings. So hurtful. All right, let's move on to uh, the next game. And before we do so, let's... Listen to this. All right. The Bills at the Rams. The Bills smoked the Patriots, which came at the perfect time for Patriots fans and Brady coming back. But the Bills, can they ride on this momentum against another team that's so hot? They got crushed by the Niners, and now they've been beating great teams ever since. That's just telling you about the rear view. Let's talk about this week in fantasy football the Bills, what do you think? Well, the Bills have to travel across the country, all the way to L.A., probably one of the longest trips you can make in the NFL from Buffalo to L.A. Uh, so that's a little bit concerning for me, just the travel. Also, the highs of coming off beating. Miami to Seattle would probably be number They're one. They're back? Yeah. yeah, maybe. They're back to back. Right? I'd, say, I'd, say that, I'd say it's second farthest. You're right. Like that, that's... What about from where? Miami to Seattle would be the hardest, longest. Huh. Yeah, I would say that's probably right. But but Buffalo, it's, it's basically bottom to top. <laughs> yeah, top or, or, or you're going, is, well, is 
Buffalo further east and north? Doesn't Florida? matter. Didn't need to pontificate on it. Just was making a quick point. We need to have a team in Maine. No. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we might have a team in London for these you know, oh, next couple years. And it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars who have home games there for the next five years. Good grief. All right. The London Redcoats? I like that. I like that. That's good. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. They'd have to play the Patriots. Patriots, that was a good one. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I'm a little bit concerned about that travel. A guy I'm not concerned about at all until he gets injured, LaShawn McCoy, hand- handling a huge amount of their work, handling a huge amount of the snaps, handling red zone work, handling all the work you want him to handle. He's getting it. He's the bell cow there. Start him every week. I don't care if it's a bad matchup. Beast. Isn't he pretty much the only guy, though, that you can start there with no reservation? Uh, the yes. other guys you kind of got to look at for matchups and for situations. No one else there deserves a start except for maybe Tyrod Taylor, who's doing it with his legs and then proving that his receivers don't really matter in a way. Because he's just looked good getting the ball out of his hands and then ma- making some deep shots to guys. Like, I guarantee you if Sammy Watkins played and there was that touchdown pass that was dropped by Walter Powell in the corner of the end zone, Sammy Watkins was there. That's a touchdown all day for Tyrod Taylor. But, yeah, I, I don't really trust Robert Woods. Was he a smoke and mirrors play for you? No, he is what you see is what you what get. What you see is what because, you get. Because he's the type of guy, though, you know, and he gave you the top end of his spectrum. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get 70, 80 yards and a touchdown, that's about as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And otherwise, you're looking at 30 to 50 yards and three to five catches. Yeah. Besides that, Charles Clay hasn't really shown up. You know, I don't really consider him to be a – Fantasy relevant player in D, um, DFS or in sort of redraft leagues right well, now. Well, and let's also talk about that too, because like the other guys that like people thought were splash, splash guys, well, they were splash guys. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Good. Salas, yeah, they had the, the two long touchdowns. Look, Goodwin has always just been a speed guy, and that's all he is. He's just a special teamer type guy with with a uh, a little here or there, but nothing that's going to be that outstanding. And Salas, where was Salas before he was on uh, the Bills? Was it the Jets? Jets? Salas uh, hasn't played the last two weeks with a hamstring injury. So I'm not going to say, I mean, he might be their best receiver when he comes back outside of Robert Woods. We'll see. Uh, besides that, we I think we've talked enough. We're done about with them, yeah. Buffalo. I say this all the time, quickly, though. Is Carlos Williams is a foreshadowing? I haven't heard anybody. I want to pick him up early and have him get picked up by like a great team and be like, I'm a genius, but there's no buzz. Right now, the best fit is Detroit. Yeah, and the worst part is that like all these teams that looked at him, looked at him after week three when he was like had like that one more week and then he was gonna be able to come back. Steelers, Jets. I think the Saints. Nobody signed him, and then the Bears signed Joy Bell. Like all these other teams that have opportunities for a guy that's and he's just Good not point. getting the chances. So there's no, something I'm, I'm not somebody said that last week. I'm gonna keep asking it because the guy's got the talent. You said last week there's something deeper going on there. Just like there's something deeper going in my belly. I've done that before. Yeah, All right, that's why you want a dog. Let, yeah. <laughs> my dog's probably pissing on my bed right now because we go three hours every show. Let's go over to the Rams. Only thing I'll say, uh, lastly, for the Bills' sake, is the Rams are the best uh, team defense against fantasy football. They're the hardest to score against. They only allow 60 points, 0.7 per game. That's the best. They're tops against – they're, they're – in the top three for quarterback 
in the top four for running back and in the top three for tight end. This is a stout defense. Too legit to quit. L.A., you got yourself a solid defense. Uh, now you just need to... But the problem is, is that I own them as a fantasy defense. They're not scoring me the fantasy points. But that's what happens. That's what happens. You're the one who's always said that because there's yeah. not an opportunity. Right. You need you need to have guys, people getting picked on to get those points. Um, all right, let's go to the Rams offensively. Quickly. Todd, Todd Gurley, it should be a pretty decent game for him. I mean, David Just Johnson. let him roll. David, <laughs> David Johnson, you know, beat them a couple weeks ago. Garrett Blunt looked good in his limited rushes. Uh, they've just been beaten up by running backs the last couple weeks. I mean, Tavon Austin, gadget player, Brian Quick scored two touchdowns. That's a smoke and mirrors play for Houdini. I haven't even read the article, but I could pretty Did much. Did he only do that on two catches too? Yeah, yeah. two catches, sixty-nine yards, two TDs. Yep, and then you know Kenny Britt's made some plays, but he had what four for eighty-nine or something like that again. Just Kenny Britt's there. I mean, he's probably their best receiver statistically. Other than that, tight ends. We saw sort of a mini Lance Kendricks breakout where he got a bunch of targets. Tyler Higby was quiet again. Uh, but Case Keenum ended up as a top ten quarterback last week uh, on the strike of you know a couple touchdown passes to Quick, you know some yardage to the other guys. Gurley had his best receiving game, pretty much of his career. I think he's five for fifty. And if he can continue to be an effective wide receiver with Benny Cunningham, you know leaving the game with an injury, you know it's only going to boost his value and give him a much higher floor on a weekly basis. Like it. Um, so let me, yeah, you're right. Brian Quick was a what you see is what you get guy. Oh, really? Because higher than what I thought. Higher than what you thought because, and the reason is because, look, yeah, he had the two touchdowns and, and the big one this week, but he had another big touchdown catch from the week before. So the fact that he's been used there and the other fact that Kenny Brick is the number one wide receiver there, I can't put him in smoke and mirrors yet because there's no other competition. And Tavon Austin is not going to run the routes and stuff that he does, so it doesn't need him to What's the heat check on uh, Goff? Not nowhere near? They're, where, they're, where they're, got... they're winning football games yeah, right now, so who cares? And, and again, so here's here's the situation we're talking about with like Lynch. With Goff, I think it's, it's different. I think this guy is so fragile that I think that they realize that they made a mistake. Oh, yeah. And they are just trying to coach him up as much as possible. They don't want to put him on the field at all yet because I don't think that they really believe that he is has a real strong grasp of what they're doing on the offense. They needed, you know, Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre for what, three, three and a half years? They needed the golf but to have to have that tutelage. They needed that so bad. I think they're going to need more than that. This is one of those things where you look at Philadelphia who made the big trade up in order to get the number two pick where they took Carson Wentz. They only did that and I, I listened to all these different people who were talking yeah. about it. They knew that Wentz was the guy they wanted. They did not want golf at all, but they knew for whatever reason they loved because that, that, loved uh, that L.A. was in love with golf and was definitely going to take him. So that's when they said, we can throw all this stuff because we're going to get the guy that we want. Would have been awesome if the L.A. Rams fucked him over. And took Wentz, took yeah. Wentz, like, um... Redo? Undo that trade? Well, how much does you think uh, LA wishes they did right now? I mean, it's not a question. We talked about it all pre uh, draft, after draft. It was a, Goff did not look like a number one. 
This is None a, of us thought that. This is also the first Brad time that you're going to have the number two quarterback be the one that really outshines. Because it's like, when you think about the guys who go number one, two. So, was it, the last one that was closest was Eli and Rivers. But then you've also had the... I can't remember who went one and who went two, technically. Well, technically, <laughs> right. Eli, Eli technically went first, and, and then, then Rivers went second. So then you also had the, was the uh, Manning and Ryan Leaf. Then you had um, uh, who? Lock in RG3. RG3, right. So this is the first time that clearly number two is like, Holla, way better. <laughs> I like I like when you say holla. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, and this is the last game of the afternoon. The Chargers at the Raiders. The Chargers can't get a break. It doesn't matter what season. <laughs> it just seems like these guys at the end of games are, I mean, I, we've all been in these moments. They just have the toughest losses of all time. And then the Raiders on the flip side are winning games with such Unbelievable shook spa, moxie, balls. What was the first one? Shut stop. I know. Hook spot. I can't do the But the way that I can't do that. I'm an honorary Jew, not a real Jew. I've only seen Fiddler on the Roof. I haven't lived it. Um, but the way that they're winning is unfreaking believable. Let's start on the Chargers side of the ball. Hunter Henry. Yeah. Showing up might, like break, it. might break the stigma. All sort of depends on if Antonio Gates is going to be out there because they keep saying that Gates is their starter when healthy. You know, that moment's his upside. He's got a hamstring injury. You know, with these late games that the Chargers always seem to play, tough to sort of fire him up. Like, regularly, you're taking a little bit of gamble. Luckily, we've sort of heard earlier on Twitter that Antonio Gates is going to be healthy or not. And right around the lineup, so that's good for potential Hunter Henry owners. Uh, other than that, the rest of this offense, you know, it's going to be unpredictable. Last week it was Dontrell Inman, but Tyrell Williams made some plays, and Tyrell Williams should have scored a touchdown. Tyrell on Williams is still the better wide receiver of the yeah. two. Yeah. And Inman is this, taking advantage of the fact that defenses had more tape on Williams and paid more attention to him. What did Inman have? Two or three catches going into that game? Yep. But Inman had a couple games last year where he was alright too. So it's so one of those guys Yeah, that, but he's got guys you can invest in. I agree with you. But there's going he's always gonna there, there's always a shot with him that he might might have some upside. In DFS, if you're doing a, if you're doing a, a long play I don't know. Inman's one of those guys that's going to rain on your parade for, for a lot of your other... I want to know, though, is this game the battle for L.A., as in battle for the chance to go to L.A. or to Las Vegas? Uh, I'm hearing that it's done deal, Raider. Unless, they're going to L.A., yeah. Unless some really rich mofo Silicon Valley people, which I've also heard are going to do it, come in and buy the team and figure it out. But here's the thing. Was Elvis reincarnated into a Silicon Valley person? Well, here's the thing: NFL doesn't want these guys. They don't want new money. They don't want new money. They want. They don't want new money. New the NFL, other than Jerry Jones and a handful of others, these Silicon Valley guys have a lot more money than they do. Like a lot. They don't want new money in the league at all. All these. Look at look at what Mark Cuban went against. New money, right? And. 
all the old school guard and look look how many families of old he, NFL teams like the Rooneys and the McCaskies and all these the you know uh, they're gonna go to Vegas and Jerry Jones gonna be the biggest swan he's gonna be the biggest promoter of it because they don't want some guy that makes eight billion dollars off of Facebook. And his buddies that also made money off of Oracle and all this other stuff to all of a sudden have money and outdo them. So I'd say even if the offer's un- unbeatable for Davis, the owners would be like, don't worry, we'll get you. Let's get you to Vegas. But one thing to think about, and then I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you talk about this game. Can you imagine if there was a team in Vegas? I mean, every week. Oh my gosh, Sunday would be amazing. Team, the, every week, the away team. Would be Fuck. 75. What a home field no. advantage. No, no, there's no home field advantage. If you could be like, yeah, Bears against Raiders in Vegas, it would be 75% Bears fans. And that would go for any team. No, no, but think about this. There's no home field advantage. Yes, it's there is. House. Yes, there is. You're the home team and you're just sick and tired. You've been in Vegas for fucking six months. You, you, if you own the team, you have to live in Vegas. You cannot go home during the offseason. I want you to get sick and fucking tired of Vegas by the time season starts that you focus oh, on football. The and these other players? teams come in. These other teams come in. And we're going to send every fucking whore and showgirl to their goddamn rooms. And we are going to wear them out and tire them out and party them out. And you're going to roll their asses on Sundays. I like the way you're, you're talking about a team level. I like what you're doing. I'm going to HBO show. I'm going to HBO show. You're like ballers. Yes. First and ten. First and ten. Great show. Great show. HBO. But what I'm thinking is there's no home field advantage because every That's time a, a, an out-of-state city's like, our team is playing Who's born in Las Vegas? How are we not going to that? Anyway, let's talk about Who's the game. Who's born in Vegas like, besides homeless children and uh, kids with STDs? Probably Nicolas Cage in Living Las Vegas. <laughs> well, I think one guy... Living or leaving? <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget the guy's name. There's the one guy that was born there. Who? One. Just one. one. Mo Green? One. <laughs> so, what game what game? Game? I don't even know what game we're going to San Diego and Oakland. You talk football, I didn't yeah. have to talk on this yeah. game, and then we move on. We're going to shut up. We're going to talk about this for a minute, because we need to roll through this game. All right, so Melvin Gordon going up against the Oakland defense that's just giving it up to the run. Uh, just got gashed by Terrence West last week. Wow, giving it up to the run and a gash. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Start Melvin Gordon. He's scoring touchdowns. He leads the league in touchdowns. The guy you might be worried about a little bit this week is Travis Benjamin going up against David Amerson, who PFF has the best-rated quarterback in football right now. Uh, he should still be a you know fairly good player. They move him around enough. We talked about Hunter Henry. We talked about uh, you know Philip Rivers, top ten quarterback probably this week going up against Oakland. Going over to the other side of the football. Running back situation. All these guys are getting touches. It sucks. You don't know which guy is going to be the guy. If there is a guy. If they're all three going to be the guy. If they're all four going to be the guy. If you include the fullback. Let me throw this in here because I'm a Latavius Murray owner. And it's just frustrating as hell. I I mentioned it in the previous podcast. He seemed disinterested. Um, It's not good for him. He's never going to get more than 10 to 12 touches. Uh, carries in a game, and then the one thing is that you had Booker or uh, uh, not Booker uh, Washington who was looking good, and then he fumbles. So that's that's a hurtful thing for him. Um, 
Jalen Richard is a guy that is, is, is really showing you a lot of flashes as a receiver, but really not done it as a running back. You should stay away from that entire running back backfield. And let's focus on the guys that really make a difference here. There are two, and it's the two wide receivers. It's Crabtree and it's Cooper. You can count on these guys and Carr on a weekly basis. Especially Crabtree. Yeah. Stag's been, uh, been throwing out the stat. Last week he said, I think it was 12 out of 19 games, Crabtree's outscored Amari Cooper. Obviously this week it turned into 13 and 20. <laughs> right. And Crabtree, you know, that guy, I've said it for a while, he's been one of my favorite players since he entered the league. He's legit. The way that the way that he can use his hands and use his body at the sideline, and then the way that he's, his moves can make people think he's going to do a button hook or do an out or do a tree route, and then all of a sudden just go straight where they never think it, and he can get behind like on that game-winning touchdown. Three touchdowns this week. Crab Patty. He, well, he super benefits from the fact that he's the perfect two. Yeah. Because he's such a high two, right? As, as you, he was a guy that perfect two. he struggled as being the number one wide receiver dealing with that, that top end coverage. But as the number two, he becomes like the guy that you're like, he should be a starter somewhere, a number one somewhere else. But it's like, no, 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 no. He's in the perfect spot right now. And Cooper is a guy who's just a, a super professional and it's a perfect balance, too, with the two of them because there's no ego, really, between them. Because Crabtree's a guy who's had a resurrect his career like three different times now by the time he's made it. I think role. Crabtree's the alpha male in that, in that couple. But because I, I think that a Cooper is just one of these hmm. unassuming, more reserve-type personalities. He's not that diva-esque personality, which is actually interesting, too. And I love that, that, but I, I think that's also his problem. Well, no, that's what's also interesting, too. Him and Kevin White, who came out in the same year, I listened to Kevin White interview. He's the exact same way as yeah. Mark said that. Yeah, so so, so diminutive. Yeah. Like, hey, now, I just want to win. I, wanna, I want a diva. We I want, want a diva. you to win. I want a diva. We need you to win. We don't want to win as a team. We need you to be that. So there's player. this weird story about Kevin White and Mari Cooper that... Kevin White's like birthday has been misreported for like a handful of years, and he's actually born in like '93, making him a 23-year-old when he was like drafted, or 22-year-old when he was drafted. But they were always saying he was only 21, little spry young guy. But like Mari Cooper's apparently like two full years younger than Kevin White. I believe it. And Kevin White's like got this whole age thing to where he was. You know, overdraft. He's like it was reported as ninety three, but it's actually ninety two. So he's a pet, apparently a twenty four year old. But sounds like NBA style. Hey, that's what happens. Some of these community college guys. Well, because I kind of want to hold him back for whatever year to keep him in uh, programs or whatever. Yeah. Because look, if you're the older kid, then you're going to outshine these other kids because you'll have developed more outliers. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Great book if you ever need to need to read the reference. All right, can we move on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is uh, is um, what's his name? The tight end injured Walford. Who knows? It's not the question mark. He, he's a guy that you just you cannot start with any reliability. Uh, I don't know that I would dump him yet, but if, you know, if you need space to, to add a wide receiver or running back, then dump him. Seth no Roberts. No one's going to grab him in the next week or two. Seth Roberts, a great low lowest uh, money buy on DFS. Seems like he gets a touchdown. All, uh, he's gotten touchdown the last two weeks. I he's got know. three on the season, but he has under 100 yards receiving. 
So, like, combined. So you're hoping for touchdown or bust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to our Sunday Night Football in America game, and that is the Giants and at the Packers. I'm going to just say I'm going to give my little ODB uh, dealio out. Guy, he said it came out today and said I'm not having fun anymore. That's why I'm so crazy on I won't go into it too much because several talks about OD bag and OBJ and all this stuff. And obviously he's an elite talent and he's like nobody else. You got to do an audio. You got to oh, do finish your, finish your thought. I'm just so I hate watching that fucking guy play at this time. And he's so good. Boom! Just hate watching him. Like, even... I, I'm, just start, I'm trying to figure out what that sounds like. I heard that one. Boom. <laughs> that was, yeah, straight okay. up. I wasn't giving you a crazy look. Here, 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 one more. Here. Boom! I guess I would have to hear He's the first like, letter. It's he should have been on that on that one when he's out on the sideline and then he went back in. He should have gotten another flag and he should be suspended. But he's not because he's OD. And I don't know. He's just I just don't really like him. And I, all my favorite players are guys that and I'm sure he works hard. Guys that hand the ball off like a Barry Sanders or a Jerry Wright. And he's just became to me. And again, when he's got the ball in his hand, he is electric because it's exciting to watch him play. But he's he's a douche. You're gonna blame Chloe? I'm, I'm waiting for you to do that again. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm blaming him. And if it's because he's not having fun, I'm. I just think he's a douchebag. And there's something. And Stephen A. Smith even said it today. There's something deeper happening there. He's crying out. I never quote or think that Stephen A. Smith <laughs> is right. But there's something going on that's deeper and larger than football. And and, so, and he's obviously globally famous, and I don't think he can handle it. And I don't know. There's something in my mind that tells me that this career is going to end poorly, shortly, and it sucks. He just needs to kind of get out of the limelight, stop thinking that. Even the quote I read today is like, it, "I just have to realize everyone's against me, and every play is mine, and I'm I'm wrong every play." It's like. You even you posted it right at literally I was about to post the same thing like dude there was nothing wrong on that play why are you going back you know and get he's just a douche here's the other thing I noticed too when you were watching and he's going to be suspended one game this year and I'm watching I'm watching him on Monday Night Football right and he's sitting there on the sideline in the fourth quarter and I don't know who's sitting next to him but whoever's sitting next to him like normally you see guys on both sides of the guy you always see guy on one side. And he's not sitting right next to him. There's got to be about a foot and a half between them. And Odell Beckham is just sitting there just looking pissed off and staring like straight down into the ground. It's just, this is the guy. It's all about him. You know what, this, is, this is that whole thing. So it's like those guys who are those divas at the wide receiver. So we're talking about the Kevin White and the Amari Cooper. Here's the juxtaposition. You're going to get you're gonna get either a bit of, bit of both, right? Well, which is better? I don't know because this Odell Beckham – is, is a bad sight because it's one of those things that why I hate Brandon Marshall, why you hate Brandon Marshall, because when they're on bad teams and things aren't going right, and I was listening on the score today and uh, Matt Spiegel in the, in the morning show referenced, or maybe it was yesterday, referenced something that Michael Irvin had said when they were when he was interviewed, and I remember this interview because Michael Irvin is, as long as he doesn't have a Marshall Falk or someone else talking over 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. A great discussion, and he was talking well, about how... My favorite on NFL Network. As a wide receiver, you are the ultimate diva, whatever, but at the same time, you have to be this on-the-show-you guy, but in order for you to do anything, you are so dependent on every other position out there on the field. Every lineman has to block. The quarterback has to make the, the, the absolute perfect pass. Uh, other guys have to be drawing the, the different defenders away. Like, in order for you to be successful as a, as a wide receiver is harder than any other position because you are dependent as a team, yet they act so individualistic. Yeah. It's not it's not you're not it's not like basketball when there's five people on the on the court. We said this before. It's not Jordan can be the point guard. Harden's gonna be the point guard this year. You're like you're all of a sudden now you can you you can take it or dish it, but that doesn't happen in the, with the wide receiver. So this week he gets Green Bay. You know, uh, Sam Shields hasn't really returned from his concussion, and without him they've given up a ton of yards uh, to Marvin Jones. You know, being one. So this is a great matchup for Odell Beckham, and if you're gonna buy him, you can probably get it done at probably the lowest point. You know of the season because touchdowns are going to come for this guy. He's a guy who's been a touchdown scorer throughout his career. They're going to come. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Eli's throwing just four passing touchdowns on the season. Those numbers should rebound too. I mean, just regression to the mean here, guys. Like The numbers say that they're going to score more. It's going to happen. There's not going to be all these fall-in touchdowns. Too much talent. For Orleans Darkwell, for Shane Vereen. It's just not going to happen. They're uh, 27th right now in the NFL at 18.3 uh, points per game. That's going to increase. It is. They're too much, again, there's too much talent. They're figuring things out, too, because the running back situation right now, do we have a timetable on Rashad Jennings? I mean, he was close to playing last week, so he could be back in this week, but I'm not sure that makes them any better. I mean, their most electric player was Paul Perkins. He did it all in one play. But then later in the game, you saw, live in prime time, why he's not ready for the NFL stage when he gets destroyed by Anthony Barr coming up the middle, and it's a fourth down play. Twice. It was actually even two times. That one, there was another one. In, in both attempts, he is just not a willing blocker. And I have him as a guy that is in, in the wave wires as a stash guy to, to kind of watch. But he's going to, and you saw, and the, the, the funny part was that you see the sideline and you see the other guy, Bobby Rainey, who's, who is. Who got a lot of play. No, no, look, look at Bobby Rainey. He's a professional running back. This is a guy who's backed up how many different guys uh, with Atlanta, with all these different, different teams. Steelers. And then he ends up coming in because guys get hurt. And he ends up being a starter for like two or three games. Has like a blow up huge game or two that everyone goes and grabs him, and then he re- he regresses to his mean. Rainey's spot five seven two twelve. Right, he's in, <laughs> but but he's a great receiver too. And he's talking to him, and I was watching Perkins, and I'm going, you know, and you just see him. It's it was a it was the weakest diving attempt at throwing a, a right shoulder with not even squaring the guy up to throw the shoulder. Like I'm aiming, you're moving. I'm coming at you, and you're, I'm going to get my right shoulder to your right shoulder. It's not, so it's terrible. it was just ridiculously bad. But he Go showed on. the spark. So let's I'm going to shut up and let you talk. No, yeah, let's close, let's close this one out and get over to the other side of the ball, but do your thing. So Sterling Shepard should also you know, get back involved. Matchup's much better for him this week. Uh, he was the guy who got, you know, who's been the hotter receiver, especially in the red zone. Victor Cruz made some catches. 
Uh, he's going to be a guy, a guy who makes some plays this year. He's going to make some splash plays. He's an exciting player. Will tie. Which know. is nice. Welcome back, Richard Cruz. Yeah. Let's stay there. Love that guy. Yeah, I like Salsa. And then Will Ty, question mark. Hasn't done much with his targets this season. Uh, you know, he's playing snaps but not getting targeted. They're running three wide receiver sets more than anybody in the NFL. Uh, everything about Will Ty just says stay away right now. Even despite what he did at the end of last season. Agreed. Larry Dinell's concussed every other week, and I feel sorry for him, and I'm worried about him long term. Flipping over to the other side, Green Bay, coming off a bye week. Um, that should be good news. Jordy Nelson, another week healthier. He's been playing more and more snaps on a weekly basis. They're at home. You know, Aaron Rodgers is starting to put up some little home road splits, so he's much better at home. He's going to be at home. Uh, Randall Cobb gets to take on um, the Giants' nickel corners, who are much weaker than their outside corners, especially Dominic Rogers Camardi is out again. Uh, yeah, Cobb should have a great matchup. I mean, but counting on him is tough. So that makes him a wide receiver three on a weekly basis right now. Yeah, he's a guy that almost has been wide receiver three, flexish, benchish. Yeah. And it's scary. It's amazing to think of when you're looking about like two years ago, like, oh my God, this guy was top ten receiver. And not anymore. And then there's Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, we saw Jarek McKinnon get some things done. We saw, what, two rushing touchdowns by that offense, one by McKinnon, one by Asiata. So, hey, this could be a Lacy game at Especially home. with the bye week that they're coming off of, that they can game plan for this and set it up. I, I, I think that they want to establish that early. Yeah, let's hit this last game. BD. Let's do it. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Hold on. These are two teams that were supposed to be the ones that were competing for this division this year. I never, Not at all. I never agreed with Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, but there were so many people out there, and I was one that was just believing on, on the talent that you had there. Now, maybe things would be different if you had a healthy Doug Martin all the way through. Um, I don't know, but the fact is that it's Jameis Winston is so up and down, and Akeem Talib... Feasted on him. That was and and some of those passes. And, and, and here's the worst part for him. Everyone is that feasted on him. He'll still put up big fantasy points for you because he's, he, they're behind and they're, and they're throwing the ball toward the end. Blake but he's making portals. too many goddamn mistakes early. And this is the thing. He had that week one game, which now seems like more of an anomaly. I can still see you dancing. I know, and I feel like I. I, I feel it now like I was dancing on his grave. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's a clown in my closet right now. <laughs> so, I, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. The one good thing that you do have is I'm a Mike Evans owner, so that's the way that I'm always able to kind of uh, suppress my, my hate and everything else. Well, it's still, it's still anger, but, it, but I can't complain when Evans gets targeted as much as he does. So, um... But the other, only other guy that I actually have high affection for in the receiving game on this team is Cameron Bray. Not much to say about Cameron Bray. He's been on That's the right. He's been on the field a ton. He's getting red zone targets. He's getting regular targets. He's looking like a true sort of fantasy starter. He uh, looks like a Bell Birdie. I say toss 
her groupie ass out the window and let that whole stargaze from outside. And then there's Charles Sims. Charles Sims is probably a running back two flexious player for you this weekend. Um, I should have a fairly decent matchup. His ability in the pass game gives him a nice floor. We shall see. You know, that offensive line looked awful against Denver, but Denver's done that to a lot of people. Yes. Uh, I read today, though, that they're, you know, he gained 28 yards and 15 carries in, in the game against Denver. Obviously tough, tough. But Cotter's saying they're, they're, they're going to pull back a little bit on his carries. That hurts. Obviously, he's never a, a volume carry kind of fantasy provider. So maybe this goes back to what we loved about Ellington for years and what we loved about some of these other players. He needs to not, he needs to have less to do more. Mel Faraday! If you lost your hold of T.I., I'd be like, hey, that's T.I. But Usher, <laughs> you better check that hold. <laughs> All right, let's, let's hit up Carolina. I like that one. <laughs> I saw the T. What's the T.I.? What's the, the the Tim? The one show on your favorite channel, Comedy Central, the Tim and whatever. Oh, Tim and Eric Austin yeah. show. That's where you Steve see, Brule came you, from. Do you see the T.I. on that show? No, oh. I have not seen that. Uh, it was crazy. Oh, Those guys are nuts. Hold on, Stag Party's been doing very good with our nuttiness, so we're gonna go go Stag Party. So Cam Newton does. Cam Newton concussion question mark. Uh, yeah. Well, well here's the re- Let's talk about. The reason why. The, the dumbest. He like let up the that day run. before. Remember the play that the, the guy in, was at Tennessee? Just danced in. Yeah. Danced in and got just disheveled. He lost the ball. Like, what is, what's with these guys not looking around? He's like looking to the right, like, yeah, this guy's not near me. And just destroy it. And now they he's going to be out. Well, they asked Ron Rivera about it too. He goes, Ron Rivera said, well, if I was a defensive player, I would have taken the yeah. shot at him, too. Well, he was he wasn't even a crossed. He wasn't even a crossed. Yeah. Oh, no. was and it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was like he stopped like a yard and a oh, half or so. see that guy. I know. It was like, I was like, what are you doing? And then, boom. And it was like. Now you might be out. That looked, like, that looked like an Ali hitting Frazier or Frazier hitting Ali in the stumble back on that as well. One and three team now and. He might be out for a couple weeks. And the crazy thing is, he's so big that that other guy actually bounced off him. He got a concussion, and he was able to still lean forward. But, but he, damn, was, he was stop, stop doing your I'm invincible. I'm, everyone wants to knock your effing block off. You are the face of the league. He is. You are making more money than most of the people besides ODB. And that's the reason why he, people want to take his out. You're making all the friggin' money on all the endorsements. People want your head. And the other problem that he has, not only do people want his head, he does not get protected like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Tom Brady, like some of these other quarterbacks. That one's all on him. That's all on him. No, 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 no. I know that one's on him, but the fact is that he's always putting himself out there as a runner like that. It's the same way that he gets the same type of treatment where he gets exposed to hits like Ben Roethlisberger does because he can withstand things that the referees will just kind of let it go. And then when you take a big hit because you're such a big guy, they're like, oh, it wasn't that big of a hit, so I shouldn't call it. But if that hit was exposed to a Tom Brady, oh, my God, the flag is out there. No question. There's the Shaq factor for with him, no question. But he's got to know that he and just get in the end zone and get it done. Like, all right. I didn't, get, I, didn't get, I didn't get hit. 
I didn't get it. Let me hand the ball to a kid in the first row and then do my Superman. That one, he was like, oh, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're fucked. That team it might not make the playoffs. See, here's the thing about Camden. It's a Monday night game. We might not know, you know, how many other options you have. Unless Jameis Winston's on your waiver wire or you're willing to roll with Derek Anderson, who might not be a bad play, yeah, right. you got to find another starter earlier in the week. But I'm willing, if you're a K-Motor, are you willing to roll with Derek Anderson? I'm going to say right now, I'm playing against, in my main, in my big money league, against the guy. I'm in, I'm in second spot. He's, he's, we're both are three and one. He's got Cam, and I'm just... I'm playing him this week, licking my chops, and just like he's, he's I don't even know who's back on QB is, but Derek Anderson. Well, let me ask you. Well, no, 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 his, no, no, I think let me answer your question. If I'm a Cam owner, depending on who my other quarterback is, because obviously if I took Cam, I probably drafted him in the first, probably the second round, or third round early. So I probably waited to draft that second that second quarterback. Yes, so at if at all, so maybe the only other move would be to say. Because I love the matchup against Tampa Bay. This is not a good defense. So almost in a sense, I would probably if I'm if I'm a Camar, I'd find that that bottom feeder on my on my roster who I can drop, and I would pick up Derek Anderson, and I would just say I'm going to roll with whoever is the starter against this defense this week. I mean, yeah. over a over a Hoyer. Yeah, over a Hoyer. Over I think Derek Anderson's a better quarterback than Brian now, Hoyer. The only other guy, the only, uh, if Carson Wentz is there, I'd, I'd rather take Carson Wentz and at least then say, you know what, let's just roll with this rookie and see what he's got. But uh, if you want to wait until that matchup, if you really want to wait until that matchup and you, your rushing team is in. solid, <laughs> yeah, I'm all in, though. I would say I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll take a Derek Anderson for a week. I, I, I look at how he ran that offense. What do they have at running back? They still have really got nothing that scares any defense. It's going to have to be gone through the air. Let's talk about uh, the other positions on that, and let's close this pyro show out. 244 will bring this flying high. Week 5 to a close. We'll, we'll snip its wings. What do you got on, at running back and wide receiver? Obviously, Olsen, you're starting him. Number one tight end. The guy's ageless. He's, he's just so good. So worth his Oh, value. he was so bad the entire game against the best matchup on on the plate. And that made the sickest grab of all of the week. Yeah, one of the sickest grabs of the week. CJ Fedora has something to say about that. And then immediately scored that Crabtree two point. Had a nice one. He did. Uh, see, and then he immediately had that two point conversion right after, giving him a pretty big fantasy day. But yeah, I don't think you can start any of these backs. You know, depending on who's in the game, this might be Derek Anderson chucking it 40, 45 times like they did back in his Cleveland days. But he's a guy, Derek Anderson's a pretty good backup quarterback. Like, I'm not scared for Greg Olson. I'm not scared for Kelvin Benjamin if I'm an owner, if Derek Anderson plays. Because he's a quarterback who throws the ball in the other positions. No, 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 but he affects the other positions because... He's a thrower. He's not a guy that you're bringing in as like, oh, all of a sudden we're going to dumb down the offense and we're going to have him run the ball with like 10 rushes in the game. Yeah, I mean, he's be been that. there long enough to where he knows the offense and he knows how to run it and they're going to let him run it. And against Tampa Bay, it's not good to run the ball. The best way to do it is attack them through the air. And if that's the best Especially way... Especially through the tight end. Yeah. They're, the, they're, they're a green light uh, for tight ends. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Crazy that that happened so fast. 
If you're on, if you're on four, you still have a chance. Don't give up. If you're four and zero, don't think you've already made the playoffs and you can uh, rest on your laurels. Keep making moves. Keep making the right decisions. Hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac, Twitter, Twitter.com forward slash P Y R O M A N, the number one A C. Check out Stag Party on the score, 670 Chicago every Sunday, except for this Sunday because he's on by. Check out Houdini on um, he where, you, on the bench camp. <laughs> <laughs> Chat roulette. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, roulette. Now, Look for up. the one with only one nut. <laughs> oh, love it. Holla for a dollar. But it's a, it's a solid nut. <laughs> we love you guys. These nuts. These nuts. Not no. These nuts. Well, hey, whatever you want. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, let's win this. Let's take it. Let's fly high in week five. Out. Wolfpack. Mean girls.